got like a... Maybe it's the hives. Now it's going to bother me. Now I got to look it up. <laughs> <That's> gonna... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to... I'll be like... Bishop Allen. I'm just going to type in tick, tick. Yeah, it's the hives. Oh, it, okay. And the song's called Tick, Tick, Boom. <laughs> Interesting. I did not know that. Um, I thought it was Arctic Monkeys. Arctic Monkey hives. I'm not going to say that. Actually, I'm not going to say what I was thinking. Make a lot of people mad. But in... Um, in, in um, I guess in honor, in small honor, in small part to uh, the, what, what was his name? Johnny, John. Uh, Jonathan Larson. Jonathan Larson. I have some synth waves playing Ooh, for us in the background. Sick, bruh. Sick, bruh. <laughs> sick, bruh. Um, but uh, we are live and what's up, everybody? Welcome to the digital round table if you um haven't already seen we're going to be talking about the netflix film uh tick tick boom based off of the um actually jeff do, do you, you, you what, what's it best off of it, it is it, it's a it's a it's a combination based off of a one-man uh musical performance which actually it's not technically a one-man performance now that i think about it because there are two other vocalists but uh, it, 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 for all intents and purposes, Tick Tick Boom was a, a one-man show performed by an up-and-coming uh, Broadway composer named Jonathan Larson. Uh, this is the film adaptation of that one-man show, but simultaneously it, it is also kind of the story of uh, his life uh, in his early 20s in New York, uh, aspiring to become the next great thing in musical theater. Yeah, and it's kind of like um it's kind of like storyception, right? We're watching yeah. a, a a documentary of of uh, we're watching a biopic of the person who created Rent, who's most popular known for Rent and mm -hmm. who is also but he's telling he's narrating his story through a story at which he narrated his story. <laughs> I know mm -hmm. that sounds redundant, but that's that's the film. Yeah, it, it's like you see him performing the show about his life, and then as he you know hits various uh, uh, points, we have flashbacks. So he he he's talking about his friends. So we see a flashback of of his friends, you know, and it, and it's uh, we see a scene play out along with his narration in hindsight from the show and. Uh, simultaneously, he talks about working, and we see him working, and then he talks about his girlfriend, and we see his girlfriend. You know, so it's this sort of back and forth, uh, ping ponging. Uh, it's it's a little Inception. It's also a little Memento. It's just everything Nolan, but nothing like a Nolan movie. Exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I am your host Mario, and uh, this is my co-host Jeff. Hi. And Jeff, he he brought us another recommendation. Um, he, and uh, last time it was Malignant. This time it is very different. From very Malignant. different from Malignant. So if you <laughs> if you were wondering what Jeff's tastes are and you still don't quite understand, yeah. it's okay. 
I mean, my, my, my three favorite movies of the year are Malignant, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, and this, Tick, Tick, Boom. There so, you go. That, there you go. There you go. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. I think this made um, one of my favorite movies of this year. Like, oh, right I'm off the so bat. I'm just delighted to that. hear that. It was, it was a wonderful uh, recommendation. I'm so glad you asked me to watch it. Um. Uh, yeah, yeah, we kind of already explained like what the, what the film is, and um, you're already kind of getting an idea of what we think about it. Uh, honestly, this film, I I'm gonna jump right into it because I don't really have like a lot of complaints. I think there were some weak moments. Um, specifically, mm-hmm. if I were to bring out a, a specific point, I would talk like uh, w- dealing with the homosexuality and. and it's so much just it it was kind of i don't know if it was foreshadowing death or if it was just showing the hardship of everything that he's going on but i feel like anytime they talked about death in this film they Mm -hmm. were telling me how to feel instead of but i think they did such a great job in showing me like his struggles with his social life his relationships Mm -hmm and still trying to go after his dream which which he would put dream or fear you know is it a fear or is it a dream uh, uh fear or love I fear or love the... sorry you're right yeah that is that is correct but, but still like like being a dreamer achieving your dreams dream dream is a very apropos word for everything going on here exactly uh other than that like the but even like and that's my complaint but even then it starts off weak but it it it's consistently there and it's consistently there to show you like the the struggles that he's he's going through and it's i'm pretty sure they're taking it from his um quote-unquote one man play his one man act of uh mm-hmm. that he did and that's probably part of the storytelling that he did uh the only reason i found it weak was because again like the first time it happens it's a flashback and um, it's not the only flashback that happens, but it's the only flashback that happens in a particular shot. Like other shots, you know, they show the, they show like it's being recorded on a camcorder or they show him as a kid or they show yeah, like what brings footage. it up and the emotional anchor that this may have to him as a character. But this one flashback to represent death was just to be like, hey, remember that one guy that was in that one scene? Okay, good. <laughs> Even then, right. are, are you talking about the friend that worked with him at the diner? Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, it, other yeah, than that, it, like they still handled the death like really well. Like, I, like this film, I, I have so little complaints. I'm only going to be sitting here praising the film all night long. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm very delighted to hear that because, uh, I, I, again, as you said, I, I recommended this to you and. Uh, I know we've talked a little bit about musicals in the past, and obviously you're not opposed to them because I remember you and Caitlin went and saw Wicked uh, not too terribly long ago, and you found that very enjoyable. Yeah, this, um, this was more enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's a different it's a different kind of, of musical as well. It's not it is. exactly. I, I mean, th- there are points where people break i mean obviously it is a musical but a lot of it is he is doing a performance live in front of an audience you know so it's not necessarily the the fourth wall breaking fantasy 
that uh, that most musicals are where people just break out into song um and and that's part of what i really enjoyed about it like like for example there is a song uh about a couple i mean th th this isn't this is a movie we can, i think we can kind of skip the whole like spoiler thing i guess because it's it's more like we're just analyzing the film this isn't like oh we're gonna like toby Maguire showed up in the movie it's not like a big yeah. <laughs> easter egg kind of movie we're just talking about what happens but like for example, the the song Therapy, which is the song that he and Vanessa Hudgens do about I feel bad about you, feeling bad about me, feeling bad. And yeah. it's like intercut with it essentially the 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 end of act 2 breakup scene. Yeah. And what I love about that is that you have a musical performance going on that is cross-cut between this kind of gut-wrenching argument between a couple and it, it, it's not so much like, hey, look at us. It's a musical. We're breaking out into song. It's this is what is happening inside Jonathan's head. Because this is how he... And and, and it's it's actually twofold. Because he's doing the performance, like, later on. Because the, the actual performance he's doing with Vanessa Hudgens happens way later when he's performing the show, Tick, Tick, Boom. But that's kind of... It, it shows you the central crux of, of Jonathan's conflict, which is... He is always writing. He is always creating. He there's this sort of disconnect that he has from or, or uh, detachment that he has from real life, where he is just always having to create and churn out and be artistic and be creative. Um, and and that's what I really like about the way that this musical is presented is that it's it's not so much we're breaking out into song. There are moments like that. But for the most part, it's just very grounded and people performing. Yes, um, you. That's that. That's one of the biggest things that I wanted to talk about, honestly. Mm -hmm. And um, if you haven't already, kind of like what Jeff said, yeah, th this film. I mean, it's not really. It's not really. It's if you're afraid of spoilers, there's not really a lot of things that we could really spoil. But obviously, me and Jeff like this film. Obviously, me and Jeff would recommend this film, and exactly for the things that uh, Jeff, like what Jeff just said, this uh, isn't like hairspray. Where, yes, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna use your words, Jeff, whenever I say this. Um, yes, they use the music portions to express their feelings and to express what's going on within the characters' like men mental state, but it isn't just breaking out into song. Uh, to do those things, there's kind of like, and you did the perfect thing with the, with within the second act when you know we're seeing where this inspiration came from, but we're also seeing how this song also parallels with the hardship in his life. So uh, there mm. it is, right there. Go check out if I can get my finger right. Tick tick boom. <laughs> nice. Uh, we'll Good definitely. <laughs> We'll definitely be, uh, we're going to talk more on it. I'll put, uh, I'll post this spoiler-free version of it up for you guys to go see it. That was quick. That was easy. Now me and Jeff are going to get into the nitty-gritty. Subscribe. Leave a comment below. Tell us what you thought about the film if you've seen it. Tell us what you think Do about the musicals. Things. Do the things. Do the things. What other musical movies should we watch and talk about on other episodes of the podcast? Yes. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to see West Side Story. I, I kind of want to too, dude. I was, I was kind of, I, I was only iffy on it just because it basically looks like, it, 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 
I'm curious why. Right. Like, like when I watch the trailer, it it's set in the same time period. It's set in the same place. It just looks like the original movie, but with HD cameras and a couple of shots are like really cool because it's Spielberg doing what Spielberg do. So my, my big sort of reason why I'm not interested is just why. Like, like, why is Spielberg interested in, in making this movie? Why now? Um, but after watching Tick, Tick, Boom, I'm like, man, I, I'm, I'm kind of high for, for musicals. <laughs> like, let's keep this going. Like, yeah. like, the, like, let's tap this vein a little bit more. I got a little more juice. Let's, let's do this, you know? Um, Get that hydrate. Yep. I, um, completely mess something up oh well uh, uh that's gonna be a problem for future caitlin <laughs> do we need to start over <laughs> no no we don't need to <laughs> i just forgot to hit the re- we're streaming but i forgot to hit the record button so caitlin if you're um posting future caitlin if you're posting this video i'm so sorry <laughs> she's she's just gonna have to pull it off of youtube and <laughs> and oh, then, gotcha. Yeah, re, redo all this. It's an extra step. Uh, yeah, you. yeah, dude. Like, off topic. If that wasn't off topic enough, the <laughs> freaking um, we might have to do another freaking episode on remakes, dude. I am. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing my absolute about some shit lately, dude, Mario. I've been watching Cowboy Bebop. Okay. Oh my god, it's been hurting. And I know we talked about like Disney remakes, and I know we talked about like uh, live actions. And I think I had a more oper- like op- optimistic tone or point when we were talking about that mm-hmm. stuff at the time. Now I'm just pissed. <laughs> I'm just, I yeah, can't, I can't. St- I like. I'm struggling I, I to watch watched, this. I haven't watched any of it, and uh, all I know is. Marcus said a long time ago he wasn't gonna make a video, and then I saw that he made a video. So, dude, let me just say I think if you've never seen Cowboy Bebop, you know, it's the equivalent of watching like Ghost in the Shell. I I would presume I haven't seen Ghost in the Shell, so maybe I shouldn't use that as a reference. But like, if you haven't seen Cowboy Bebop and you enjoy Firefly. Maybe, you know, you might like yeah. this. If you've seen Cowboy Bebop and you're expecting Cowboy Bebop, no. It- <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, well, it's, that's how I'm putting it, that. It's interesting, too, because, like, uh, like, I remember, like, like one of the things that I've always thought, like, we, because I, I don't, have we talked about remakes specifically? I know, because we, we talked about adaptations, we probably uh, like topic, we talked about, we talked about the Disney remakes. As we a did topic. talk about remakes. Okay. We talked about remakes and adaptations, but not remakes. Because I remember at one point we were talking about, like, when we were talking about adaptation and the whole concept of like changing things and tweaking things and reworking things and combining things. Um, and my philosophy on adaptations is always. Uh, I feel like the argument, well, it's different than the book, is moot. Or, you know, it's different than the anime, it's different than the musical, like, whatever. Because, yeah, it should be. It absolutely should be a different thing. Like, if you're 
like using Cowboy Bebop as an example, I haven't seen it, obviously, but I think I can fairly say if you just do the anime frame for frame, but with live action, that's pointless. Like, yeah, like there has to be a reason you're transferring it to a different medium. Agreed. But it's funny, like, like that's always kind of been my philosophy, but I have realized like why certain things have to stay the same. <laughs> like for example, uh, you know, as much as I love Rob Zombie and as much as a fan I am of his remake of Halloween, Oh no! It's no, 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 no. But like, it, it's only fine. Like, only in the last like couple of months, it's finally starting to set in. Oh, I understand why people think this movie is shit. Because what makes Michael Myers fucking terrifying is that he just kills people. You don't know why. There is no reason. He is just relentlessly going from body to body. And so, to do a remake of Halloween where you go let's show Michael Myers as a kid and he grew up in a broken home and bullies were mean to him blah 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 it kind of sucks the air out of it a little bit and so I, I'm I'm curious to to check out Cowboy Bebop and uh, kind of see what all the fuss is about you know because I, I am starting to side with I, I am starting to see the side of people who are like Yes, changing things is obviously part of the, the deal, but you also have to respect why things were the way they were in the original because X, Y, Z. Exactly. And and here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Like, we, I, I'm going to say this, and then I'll get back to the topic on hand. <laughs> but freaking... Um, I think Kevin Feige... I, I shouldn't give all the credit to Kevin Feige, but I think the MCU is a proper way to do a, a remake. Mm-hmm. And I think I've said this before in the past where like they take the source material, they change it, but they stay true to like, I guess the, the theme or the thematic presence of it, the atmosphere that it gives off. Mm-hmm. Like the essence, the nucleus. Yes. Of it all. Like it's, it's, it's like the same statue, but painted with different colors. Or, okay. I don't know. I like that. Um, and but then you it. then you look at Death Note, and you're <laughs> like, I love that movie. <laughs> you're like, what? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> like, if this was something that didn't wasn't labeled Death Note, that had. Mm-hmm different character names that was maybe a slightly different premise. I mean, it is already a completely different premise. It would, I feel like it would work, but the fact that it has the name Death Note on it and it has those characters, you mess it up. Like, imagine if they took (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man and they kept Uncle Ben alive the entire time. Well, see, that's interesting. See, that's interesting, though. <laughs> like that to me, it, and, and I, I, there could be an argument. Yes, there could be an argument that that could work, right? But I feel well, like that's I, the exception, hmm. not the rule. You know what I mean? Like the essence of Spider-Man. The reason, like Peter Parker decides to become Spider-Man, is because he failed his uncle, and his uncle died. But, uh, but did, so, didn't that happen though? Wait, hold on. Keep talking. Right. Exception, not the rule, though. 
Of course it's happened. It's comic books, dude. Everything's happened. <laughs> I was going to say, because like, I, I feel like recently there was something where, uh, like, Peter, like, what is, yeah, like, Uncle Ben doesn't die, so what is the world with Peter, like, what does Peter Parker do if he's not Spider-Man? Right. Kind of thing. And, and that, Which, you know, I, I think to, to, to credit what you are saying is, like, well, then it's not a Spider-Man movie. It's a movie about a guy named Peter Parker. And that's interesting. <laughs> it, it, like, it has potential to be interesting. Right. But it's not fucking Spider-Man. But, but don't tell me I'm going to go watch a Spider-Man film and not kill Uncle Ben. That sounds really dark. But, yeah. you get you, you, the, the point has been made. I, I appreciate the devil advocacy. But, man. I don't know. Uh, and I... And I just looked it up. The reason I was laughing when you said that. So Mark Bernardin, who I've mentioned in the past, he is Kevin Smith's co-host on their podcast. Okay. He just wrote that, uh, like a little one shot for Marvel that is that exact storyline this year. Oh, really? If Uncle Ben stayed alive? Yeah. I think it would work. What happens with Peter Parker if he doesn't become Spider-Man? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the cool thing about this. That's hilarious. That... That that would work because because Marvel has done such a great job already establishing their characters and already establishing that they can write stories. Um, and to top it off, they're introducing like the multiverse. Like they're even connecting the the Sam Raimi films now to the to the films to the to like uh, the new films. So maybe no. <laughs> You've seen the trailer. Doc Ock is there. I, I haven't <laughs> seen the movie though. No, you haven't. But and and Marvel has put fake shots in trailers before. Look, quick tangent. Quick they can tangent. get me. I don't believe. I don't believe anything until I am walking out of the theater having just seen. <laughs> I don't know anything. You about know, that Doctor movie. Octavius himself said, "You know, you're not Peter." So that that alone. Unless they dub some lines in now, they're going the extra mile, dude. If, <laughs> if you so so you 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 have edited in your life, like you, you do editing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go yeah. watch that trailer and pay microscopic attention to any time Doctor Strange like is talking. Like if there's like a bunch of shots and you hear like a voiceover of Benedict Cumberbatch, his lines are edited to shit, dude. <laughs> they, dude, it's so choppy. And there's even, like, the part where he says, like, they're from different, uh, or, like, uh, we have, or they're from different universes. We have to send them back. Like, it sounds like he's talking through, like, a loudspeaker underwater. Like, it's weird. It's, it's like, you can tell that they cobbled together lines from different lines to make that sentence. Oh, like what they did in, like, The Force Awakens with Obi-Wan? Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's why I'm saying, like, like, okay, cool. I, I know, I know, I've seen Alfred Molina, and he's like, you're not Peter Parker, dude. That doesn't mean they didn't just pay Alfred Molina fifty grand to show up on a green screen one day just to throw us off the scent. I don't believe anything until I'm walking out of the theater, Mario. <laughs> what was it, Luke Skywalker? Or Luke Skywalker? Mark Hamill was like the the second highest paid actor in Force Awakens. Yeah. And he just kind of stands. <laughs> So you might be onto something. <laughs> Whether he was second to to Harrison Ford, right, or something like that. Like, get it on. Do you want to just talk about Spider Man on the podcast? Because I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about. Yeah. So tick tick boom. <laughs> well, no, because there is, uh, uh, and and you can tell me to shut up and get back. No, on track, no, you're there good. Is I one mean, no way home thing. I do want to run by you and, and 
Yeah. Just, so, but it, here's it's, the it's thing: Spider-Man's thing. the Peter Parker's the main character of this film. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that, that's how I knew that. Like, because that's how I knew at the very least we would we would remain on brand. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, Mario! Like, this is a, it's a stretch, but it's got Spider-Man, <laughs> it's so got Spider-Man. you know." <laughs> and and hey, it's got Spider-Man, and he's dating Storm. Because oh, Alexander Ship was Storm, and that's the why Apocalypse I recognized her. Phoenix. She has hair, so I just didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. What were you gonna say? Okay, so <laughs> this is so. Here's my pitch. Uh, this is not a theory. There's no fucking way under the sun this will ever happen in the movie. But here's my pitch. So I've been talking to uh, TJ a lot about comic book movies and trailers and stuff because he he and I like to throw ideas and theories back and forth and, Ooh, and, and that sort of has thing. A theory? Okay. No, I, I don't have a theory because. I'm telling you, there's no way this will ever happen. But as soon as I tell you about it, you will want it to happen. Oh, boy. So here's my th- here's my thing with, with... Okay. Let's assume everything we've seen in the trailer is actually happening. Mm-hmm. I don't believe anything. I, kn- I know a lot of it's going to be in there. I know the basic plot's going to be in there. But I'm, I'm, I'm riffing. I'm kind of doing a bit here. But follow mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. So here's my thing about the multiverse. If you're going to present the multiverse in the world of Spider-Man, you kind of have to show me like a multiverse. And what I mean by that is to have Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield show up alongside Tom Holland, that's cool. Like, hey, there's the one Peter Parker, there's the other Peter Parker, and there's, oh my God, look at them, all three of them, they're together. But if it's like, this is the multiverse. There is so much, there are millions of possibilities when you look into multiverse theory. So I'm like, give me multiple Peter Parkers. Give me, and and this is where I'm going crazy. So there's that shot in the trailer, uh, right at the end of the trailer where Doctor Strange is like, they're coming through, I can't stop them. Yeah. Okay, that happens. And the fucking sky rips open. And you see these millions, millions of stars. And the stars start descending upon the Statue of Liberty, upon Ellis Island. And a bunch of them, like, fall on the ground. And they, like, emerge into, like, these little cylinders. And they morph into this team of people. And it's fucking Hugh Jackman, Patrick Stewart, James Marsden, Famke Jansen, Anna Paquin. It's all the fucking X-Men. See? And then, and then, this other group, these four stars fall out of the sky. They land on the ground. They morph up into little cylinders and morph. It's Chris Evans, Jessica Alba, Michael Chiklis, and Ian Gruffle, the fantastic fucking four. This other star falls down. It's fucking Wesley Snipes. This other star falls down, fucking it morphs into a cylinder, flames around the head. It's fucking Nick Cage. David Hasselhoff shows up as Nick Fury. (laughs) David Hasselhoff. Every single Marvel property that has ever been made shows up. So I don't know if I said it already. Wesley Snipes pulls out a freaking sword. (laughs) 
Yeah, and then uh, you, you have two Ryan Reynolds. Multiverse. You have Ryan Reynolds Do coming it. as Deadpool and Ryan Reynolds exactly. coming as uh, the shitty Wesley. Wes- <laughs> uh, that's even more of a meme. It's just the shitty <laughs> You want them to do a Lego Batman. Yes, I, I want them to jump the shark. I want them to go full Saw, full Fast and Furious. If you're going to do a multiverse, don't just be like, oh, yeah, there's three Peter Parkers. No, dude, give me millions. Oh, oh, go even further. Give me people who auditioned to be all of these roles and didn't make it because they're all variants. Just <laughs> that's so like, give up. me Josh Hutcherson. Give me Logan Lerman. <laughs> you guys were failures, but we need you to succeed. And I know that they'll never do that. That's way ridiculous. Uh, but like, that's, that's... do it. That's too much. That's too. See, I had a similar theory though back in uh, Endgame. Yeah. I had a theory that they would go back in time. Everyone had the time ther- time travel theory, right? But mm-hmm. they would mess something up, and they would accidentally create like the mutants, and then they would come back, defeat Thanos, oh, and then it would be like an end credit scene, and mm-hmm. I don't know the Chitari are are attacking New York again. And the Avengers show up, but then there's these other group of heroes that show up. And they're like, you don't see them. You just see, like, like the side of someone's black jeans and their fist. And, like, Tony Stark, well, I guess it wouldn't be Tony Stark because he would be dead or something. But <laughs> one of the Avengers is, goes, who in the world are you? And then you just see animantium claws pop. And then, boom, cuts to black. That that was that was my yeah. pitch for. I had a very similar pitch that you had to like to bring the mutants in. Uh, you know, he, I think that they're gonna end up like if they don't th- like they're gonna put Spider Man's in there. They're either gonna put Venom, like Venom's gonna team up with Spider Man, or they're going to have just like they're gonna do it. Sp- uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, which, by the way, I, I've I've been on record multiple times saying that's the best Spider-Man movie, and now I got James Gunn to back me up on that. So, yeah, I saw that <laughs> Spider-Man <laughs> into the Spider-Verse, and they're just gonna have like other Peter Parker show up, but they're gonna be, I mean, they're just gonna be people in masks, like they're not even, they're not even gonna be like Andrew Garfield or Tobey Maguire. That that would probably be a slap to the face, but I can see I- them doing that. I think, so So here's my real thoughts. I think aside from Toby and Andrew showing up and teaming up with Tom Holland in that final battle at the Statue of Liberty, I think we've basically seen the entire movie. Which yes. Because like, I'm trying to think realistically, like... Given the the hype and uh, anticipation and all the theories around what we thought was going to happen in WandaVision and then what we thought was going to happen in Loki and then what we thought was going to happen here and there and, and like all this stuff, it's like I've learned to kind of tamper my expectations, you know? So like, I, like dude, I want Miles Morales to show up in a post-credit sequence, but I... I want him to be a cartoon. I want them just. I want them to go full like yeah. Looney Tunes. I want them to go crazy and just be a cartoon. And he, he's like, "Wait, why do you look weird?" 
Yeah. Um, uh, nah, you, you know, I, I want, you know, we all want that. And yeah, you know, the, these trailers showed a lot. I was really hoping they wouldn't show any trailers. Uh, yeah. I, I remember you saying, uh, I don't remember if you said it on the podcast or just tweeted about it or mentioned it during D and D, but I remember at some point you saying, if they release another trailer, I'm not going to watch it. And then like a day and a half after it came out, I saw that you had uploaded the reaction video and I yeah. was like, see, you, I, like same thing. I'm like, dude, I don't it's want another trailer either. But yeah. if you put a trailer out there, I'm going to watch I'm it. I'm going to freaking watch it. Like, well, I feel like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I feel, that's why I wish, and this goes, kind of goes back to our, our episode about the, the marketing machine and the hype machine. You know, it's like, like, Marvel, you have my money. Just give me a release date. I will be there. Guaranteed. <laughs> but shareholders and investors don't know that. So you need to put a trailer out so that all the money people can see, ooh, this many people watched the trailer. Okay, it's tracking really good. Yeah. You know, and they gotta That's... watch the it, it's like watching Wall Street, you know. Yeah, we gotta make sure we gotta make sure it's trending upwards or else. Exactly. Uh, we're... <laughs> we we can't just we can't. know they're gonna be there like right. we have to see that they're going or else or else you know you'll end up gosh i i'm I sh i'm about to throw i'm about to throw some shade <laughs> you'll end up like ridley scott and you'll be just oh, fuck ridley scott dude. <laughs> you'll be oh so mad God. did you see no, that there, second thing that he said development since we talked about him yeah <laughs> He said, "I didn't just nobody watched. No, he said nobody watched the, my film because all these kids are on cell phones nowadays." I'm like, Dude, I didn't just read the article. I listened to the podcast. Did I didn't you? realize he was on. I didn't realize that was uh, the episode that he did with Mark Marin because I listened to WTF. Oh, okay, and okay. Dude, like, okay. First of all, like the whole st thing about like, oh, these fucking millennials they only know i was like okay motherfucker i'm a millennial <laughs> and i had a rotary phone growing up what the fuck are you talking about first of all get your time frame correct <laughs> like i get it the dude's in his eight and, and he's in his 80s he's he in his fuck 80s he wants. he's, he's like early 80s that. like oh 81 82 gosh. something like that um he's and also he's films He's a fucking legend. What a like the guy's a man. legend. He can yeah. say whatever he wants. Yeah. That being said, dude, uh, if, if if you want to get really angry, like if, if you really want some okay boomer energy, listen to that episode of WTF with Mark Maron. Because <laughs> oh my god, no one, Mario, no one is as big a fan of Ridley Scott than Ridley Scott. <laughs> Like so far up his own ass, oh like not God. not a humble bone in his body, and he's earned it. I get it, but there are a lot of people who have earned that "fuck you" status yeah. that don't flip the bird to people. Like like George Clooney is a cool fucking guy. Yeah, you know Brad Brad Pitt is a cool fucking guy, and these are actors, they're not directors. Those are just the first two sort of names that came to my head, but like. Like it, like in this. Uh, I'll wrap this up real quick. But at no, one point, uh, Mark Maron is like, "Oh fuck, what movie?" Oh yeah, he was like, uh, "Yeah, I was like, I just watched Gladiator. That's a fucking great movie." And Ridley Scott goes, "Yes, yes, terrific film." I, I was like, uh, "Typically, people say thank you when someone says that something they created was 
a, a great thing, but if you just agree with them, that makes me think slightly less of you, sir. Like, can you imagine, like, Mario, can you imagine if, if, if fucking somebody came up to you and was like, hey, I caught your podcast, I really like it, and you were just like, yes, yes, of course you do. <laughs> like, can you imagine what kind of person you have to be to respond that way? I was like, really? <laughs> you're you're one of the titans. I Ooh. get you've earned it. No, that's so. When you put it you in that perspective, like that's so funny. Yeah, I met I met like a famous YouTuber one time, just out in the wild. Literally, I was like I was out on a safari and I just found him. You know, you know, picking berries. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, I am a huge fan. I'm a fan of the content. And he said, Oh no, thank you, thank you. He's super humble. But if he would have said like, Yeah, we make good shit. <laughs> I would have been like, you know, <laughs> keep making that stuff. It was nice meeting you and yeah. walked away. <laughs> now, if, if I came to now, if I came to you at the end of a podcast and I was like, man, I think that was a really good episode. And then you responded, yeah, we make good shit. Then that's like a, a, yeah. like a heartwarming. That's me and you. Thing. Yeah. yeah. We, we, but you know, we're making this to together. Person you don't know. <laughs> Oh, That's hilarious. Yeah. The best, best part at the very end of the interview where they were wrapping up and Mark Mann was like, well, hey, man, uh, we're, we're out of time or whatever. Like, this is really great talking to you. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, have we met before? Like, you say that as you're wrapping up? Have we met before? What? Like, <laughs> usually that happens right at the beginning, sir. <laughs> So, oh, by the way, and I, and I don't by know, the way, like, I, I was just listening to it. Maybe there was like a wink, you know, because they were on Zoom and I didn't see it. But, you know, I mean, still. I don't know. Either way, that's hilarious. I'm glad you I'm glad you heard that. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. So um, do not. Wait, how do we get on Ridley Scott again? <laughs> I, I was throwing a jab at him for, yeah, for something. Because we were talking about... Okay, imagine... Andrew Garfield. I'm saying something movies. super clever right now, okay? All right? Mm. Take, take mm -hmm. it in. Take it in. The cleverness. Um, mm. I'm super witty. I, I, I'm so smooth with it. And then... Tick, tick, boom. Wow, dude! Wasn't that such a crazy transition? <laughs> like the best transition wait are you gonna try to think of a trans of a transition later and then edit it in no 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 <laughs> that's it that's the bit right there i love it i love it uh okay 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 so i saw <clears throat> i went ahead and looked up a couple reviews like five minutes before we we went live um mm -hmm. to give you an idea of like what people thought about uh, Tick Tick Boom. Everyone is giving their praise to Andrew Garfield. Now, he is carrying, the, I mean, he's the lead of the film, um, and he, I, credit where credit's due, uh, he does such an amazing job. Um, yeah, he's really good. You know, I, I, I already knew he was a good actor, but this guy, he's a genuine guy. Like, this guy loves to pull antics. He loved playing a Spider-Man. Even though a lot of you know, there are people that he has a cult following now. You know, there's there's those uh, amazing Spider-Man fans. I need to rewatch those films. To see, give my give my opinion on that. 
again because uh, last I remember, damn it, we're back on Spider-Man again. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a big role that he did. Uh, last I remember, I he I loved him. I liked him, but I don't know, I've heard people talk about it. I've heard the flaws that they've said. I'm like, mm, let me rewatch it. See if I see if I still agree with those flaws. But no, like this guy, this guy loves acting. Like this guy loves being characters and he loves portraying characters. So I think in that sense, just Andrew Garfield was a really not. I mean, he kind of looks like Jonathan, but very much so, <clears throat> especially the hair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's like, I, I feel like they kind of have almost almost that same passion in the fact that, like, I, I think Andrew Garfield, like, really appreciates the role that he plays. And I, and I, he brings that character out. Um, not knowing Jonathan personally or, or ever seeing him in an interview or knowing what he was like, uh, I, I feel like I've, I've, I know him from this film, which is saying something. Because you can watch a lot of these biopics. Like, um, you know, I watched the Tolkien biopic. And this is a musical, but I don't know if you ever saw the, the HBO, you know, they did the Tolkien biopic. And, I did um, not. It had... It, had it a, was uh, it had a Nicholas good... Holt, right? Yes, yes. The, the guy who plays Beast? Yes, 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 yes. He's a good actor. Um, however, after watching that film, I was like, like, I, I still felt like I knew nothing about Tolkien, right? I didn't feel like I was emotionally connected. Mm. This film... If this film doesn't make you emotional, you're a robot. You're an android. And the government <laughs> controls your every fiber being. <laughs> Maybe find the key to the lock where you hold your joy, huh? <clears throat> you got me with that one. <laughs> right, I was taking a drink. Maybe lube up the dial on your happiness. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's. The holiday season, you know, maybe take that heart mm -hmm. and grow it two size overs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, so this biopic, the f Andrew Garfield does a fantastic job, and there's a reason why everyone is um, in love with his performance because he does a fantastic job of making you connect with him. Maybe mm -hmm. me and you connected a little more, Jeff, because we are, you know, we're we're kind of in the same community. I'm not going to say yeah. like, we're in the same culture. We're not in the same community. You might be, but I'm not. I'm in a different community. But we're in the same culture where we love yeah, making absolutely. content or making some type of art. Obviously, uh, Jonathan. What's his last name? Jonathan Larson. Lar Larson is, is a very talented man. But and I, I can't play instruments or nor do I know how to write songs. However, I do understand the stress of making something of that that mm -hmm. burden of 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 working and wanting to be part wanting to have a social life but having to sacrifice it for your dream for your love or the fear you're too afraid to do anything else because you might fail at this thing and that that fear love thing was just so i don't know like mm -hmm. so the film does it, it does a good job at expressing that and, and speaking to those people in that culture and obviously because 
anyone who's tried to make it in this type of industry knows that pain knows the struggle and almost every actor or director that has ever been asked this question like what is your um what's your advice for making it in this industry everyone has always said you have to need it or you have to love it if you don't mm-hmm. if you don't need it if you don't you can't just want it it's not gonna happen and this movie does a fantastic job at that right because wolf of wall street is a is a i love that movie i love wolf of wall mm-hmm. street um jordan belfort i don't feel like i know that character through that movie maybe i do <laughs> Yeah, I know Leonardo DiCaprio is an amazing actor through that film. Yeah, I, I but I, I think I, I think I feel like what you're saying that like you watch that movie and you're just like look like there's a little ener- of that energy of like look at him he funny. Yeah, but like, but like you he he doesn't he doesn't become part of your DNA. Exactly. Yeah, and, and that you carry with you. And the same thing is like you don't really see him struggle to become like rich and famous in Wolf of Wall Street. Mm-hmm. So there's that that hustle is not really there and i think that's that's what makes this film so enduring man is because Mm. this dude is fighting tooth and nail to get ahead and 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 like um even with his personal stripes like he's it's it's like he avoids conflict it's so oh I'll, I'll get into that in a little bit. I'll tell you guys what I think about like that, that like his personal like character strifes in the film. But mm-hmm. um, your thoughts on Andrew Garfield's performance or well, anything else that went on? That no, I I want to piggyback on on everything that you just said because uh, I I I am so enamored with you right now, Mario. Because <laughs> uh, so like just for context for people listening, uh, when I initially texted Mario like, hey. Uh, um, I, I don't know if you have any ideas for this week's podcast, but I just watched this movie on Netflix, I and none. I don't think uh, it, it necessarily like fits with our brand, quote unquote. But then again, we don't have a brand; we just talk about shit. We just talk but, about shit. Di- but the idea was <laughs> like, um, you know, I, I think you should watch it because even if we don't necessarily do like our typical film review. I think this film has something instilled in it that is on brand, which is something we can talk about. And it's exactly everything that you just talked about, which is sort of the, and it's, it's the plight of the artist, you know, the, 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 the port it's, it's a portrait of the creative process. It's that inner turmoil of being an artist, being a creative person and trying to figure out how to divvy up your time between focusing on your art and your creative drive but also your friends and your family and important things like paying your bills on time and uh uh having a place to live and and, and that sort of thing and it's 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 about the the conflict of holding on and cradling that creativity that that makes you that, that you that makes you feel whole but also not becoming completely detached from real life um and like everything that you just said dude like fuck this movie this movie hit me like a ton of bricks i'll be honest yeah uh because um what the 
the, the first thing I want to talk about, and, and we touched on this uh, at the beginning, but the the scene, the, the breakup scene, essentially. Where, the one that's playing right now. Yep. Yeah. Uh, where his girlfriend uh, has, is um, thinking about taking a job that is uh, many miles away from where they currently live. Um, and ultimately, like, he is just avoiding having the conversation. Like, he doesn't want to uh um tell her to take the job he doesn't want to tell her to not take the job and stay he is so focused on writing his musical and there's this great moment during that scene where you know they come together and they like are hugging like you you, you think that they're about to like make up and everything's gonna be okay and his fingers start tapping on her shoulder and she realizes that he's he's playing the piano essentially and she says to him uh I, uh, for, for also, quick tangent. Uh, this is the only uh, podcast episode where I took notes because uh, I was super excited to talk about. It. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome! I'm, I'm I'm getting all of these quotes accurate. Uh, yeah, uh, but so she like steps back and she's like, "Oh my god, you're thinking about how you can turn this into a song, dude." I shit you not. I've had two girlfriends say something very similar to me. Oh wow! Where like like one of them was. Uh, like we were literally like it's the same conversation where like we were standing in my driveway off of uh, 30 in Ferguson in Dallas and we were like about to break up and it was like that precipice of like she's going to walk away or we're going to stay together and i was like basically monologuing it was like like the end of a fucking romantic comedy like here's my big moment to like monologue da 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 and she looked at me and she goes, do you really mean that? Or are you just workshopping something to put in a screenplay later on? Jeez. And I didn't have an answer because I knew in that moment, like, obviously part of me wants her to stay. Yeah. But also I just want to sound cool, you know? And, and it's that, it's that like split personality thing where you're like, no, babe, like, I totally love you. And, like, you know, and, and obviously, like, I was a teenager. Like, th this is high school shit. But it's it's that it's that dichotomy where the one half of you wants to be good. It wants to be decent. It wants to, to be selfless instead of selfish. But then that other part just goes, but my work is everything. My career is everything. It, like, I, I can't bother myself with petty things like you know friendship and relationships like i have to focus on my art you know so i uh yeah that's that's my thought on the movie is oh my god i saw my uh life flash before my eyes in an hour and 50 something minutes wow so. man dude thank you for sharing that oh my gosh that's like <clears throat> that's really it's really impactful i had you know i i can kind of i can kind of talk about like something similar because this movie hit me in, in a way where um his friend dies mm -hmm. and he's at he's at work and he he goes to pour out the coffee and he's thinking i need to go see him or his friend's not he's the friend's not his dead friend's i'm sorry hospital. his yeah, friend's he, in the he hospital hasn't died, but yeah yeah his friend's in the hospital and it's like his best friend a really close friend of his and he's like i need to go see him and he then immediately thinks, but when will I have time to write my my screenplay? When will I have time to write my song? Yeah. And then he's like, holy crap, like I shouldn't be thinking about that right now. Like that's me, dude. 
Like that yeah. is, that's that. Like I related to that so hard in in the aspect of like stuff will happen. I had something. My mom went to the hospital to the ER uh, recently, and like what that like that exact thought went through my mind was, when am I gonna find time to edit? When am I gonna? When, yeah. when am I going to like record my next video? And I'm like, my mom's in the ER. Like, why am I having these thoughts right now? Like I need to mm-hmm. be. And so it, it just made me realize, like, it made me think like, okay, I'm not like a selfish asshole. Like this is just <laughs> this is something that yeah. people do, but it, yeah, that plight that goes, that goes with it. It's intense. It's real. And it's, it also helps it shows you the sacrifices we have to make or like he really does a good job who directed this uh that's another fun thing which is like a whole series of anecdotes and whatnot uh it was directed by lin-manuel miranda okay doing his feature directorial debut but he is most known to the world as the uh, he's the hamilton guy essentially oh snap okay yeah. Okay. He wrote and starred in Hamilton. Previously, he wrote and starred in In the Heights, which earlier this year was a movie adaptation by Warner Brothers. He writes a bunch of fucking stuff for Disney, like Moana. Um, and yeah, he he's, you know, he's a phenomenon. <laughs> yeah, he's doing great. I heard uh, people in Puerto he's Rico don't like him. He's got kind of like a bright him. future, I think. Does he now? <laughs> You sure about that one, Jeff? You want you want you want you want to be on record I, saying I, that? I mean, I watched Take Take Boom and really liked it. I, I, I think he could do a couple more pictures. <laughs> I thought, yeah. Well, <laughs> put me down for five. <laughs> <laughs> you got Moxie. Kid. <laughs> you got Moxie. Um, no, I heard people in Puerto Rico don't like him. Is that is that true? My sister told me that a long time ago. I, I'm, I'm sure a shit ton of people don't like it. Well, in the same way that's a, lot a given. Of don't yeah, like like a lot of people. So. Yeah, that's a given. Jeff, that's true. <laughs> a lot of people don't like me. A lot of people don't like you. A lot of people don't like a lot of people. <laughs> well, why do you put it like that, Sonny? <laughs> I can't. I, <laughs> I can't even do the bit anymore. Uh, did your audio cut out? I can uh, see you. I can still see you moving, but I can't hear you. Um, I guess it did. It says. It says it's working. Uh, keep talking. I'll leave and come back. It might just be okay. You. It might just be you. I'm gonna say it's you. I'm gonna blame it on you. Are we? Um... Oh no 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 no! It's me. It's definitely me. Hey, it was me. I, I looked at my Discord and my Discord wasn't even like moving. Oh weird. Yeah, that was. There he is. Yeah. We're back. We're we're back in black. We're back in the Matrix. Ba- oh. <laughs> we are Matrix Resurrected. Matrix. That's another big ass movie coming out later this When's year. When's that one come out? Next month. This is this is a packed December, dude. We're we got a lot. We got a lot that we're gonna have to do. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh yeah. Cause oh, yeah. Oh, dude. dude the, and you know what else? I feel like the, the Book Spider-Man of Boba. Be like an all night thing, probably. Yeah, we're. <laughs> It, it might be a two-parter. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I really don't know. We yeah. we might hate it and just get drunk and just <laughs> talk about how much we hate. Well, 
Yeah. Here's the thing. You, you're talking about the brand of the show. And staying true to the brand of the show, we're going to get off topic. <laughs> and I want to... I love it. Uh, no, dude. I think, like, the essence of the show has always been me and you talk about movies in the movie industry. And we do our best to recommend films that we like to people so that they, too, can enjoy the beauty what what the the art that movies are yeah and okay just, yeah i like that <laughs> that's it yeah it's a, that's my that's that's the mission statement i'm gonna give <laughs> um, nice the... we like stuff then and, and we think you'll like it too. <laughs> <laughs> That should just be the motto, like under the logo. We like stuff. We think you'll like it with a question mark. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going. I might say something controversial, and you might immediately change my mind. Uh. Oops. Uh. So. I. F- I feel like Andrew. Andrew. The piece. But 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 words. The supporting cast was not that strong, in my opinion. It's it's definitely Jonathan's show. Yes, and everyone there is kind of there to support them. I I I was okay with that for the most part. It does work I for think. the film. I think I think the only thing that hurts the film in that regards, which by by all means, doesn't he, when I say hurts the film, like you have to understand that I'm saying that in the most underrated way possible. I'm talking like if you were to get a paper cut, like less than that. <laughs> That's how much it would like yeah. you ever you ever been itchy before and you looked over and you're like, oh, I'm bleeding. Like that's <laughs> that's the type of thing. Like that's what I mean when I say it hurts the film. Um, it, it's just basically I'm nitpicking at this point. Um, th- Susan was the girlfriend. Well, well, let me ask you this: Do yeah. you think that the supporting cast was not that great, or do you feel like they were underutilized? Like you wanted more of from them? I think I think the supporting cast worked, did exactly what they needed to. In this film, I think they worked efficiently, and it and it was great. I think the roommate specifically was underutilized because there the second act is amazing because we see the strife and struggle between Jonathan and Susan, but then when we get into the third act and we learn that his friend is HIV positive. Um, hold on. Are you... Can you say something real quick? Testing, testing. Okay, One, okay. two, three. It sounded like you were, you were like, bugging out or something for a second. Uh, when we get to the third act and we get to the roommate and he's tested HIV positive, I didn't feel as strongly as I did for Susan. Because I feel like we didn't build their relationship up that much. Mm-hmm. Um... To be fair, a lot of that runtime went to Susan, so it was well worth it. But then right. she goes away, kind of like um, that one dude from Eternals does <laughs> by the third oh, act. Uh, uh, Kingu, 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 yeah, she disappears. Yeah. She, she she bounces like Kingu, 
And then it's like, okay, well, we still need some type of dramatic relationship to anchor ourselves to this film. And let's go with the, the roommate, which uh, it was a very powerful scene. Andrew Garfield and then the with the flashbacks and him talking about his friend and him running back through the rain to his friend and he's all wet and yeah. they hug. That was great. But it's nowhere near as good as the scene that's on screen right now. <laughs> it's nowhere this this and I think the film knows that because the the entire time the film is telling us that the second act is the most important song of the film. The second act is the most uh, yeah. crucial part of the film, um, and even. At the beginning of the third act, whenever he gets his, uh, whenever he does like, I, I, what's it called? His his screenwriting, his he does the play for the the producers and stuff oh, like the, that. The the workshop, the workshop, which is like a it, you're not doing a full production of the show. It's like he, presenting like it's just the actors. They have the script in front of them and the the music in front of them, like on little music stands. It's just like here is a presentation of the dialogue and the songs give us money to actually make costumes and build sets and do this as a as a show right and so when he's doing the workshop um they do this whole thing where they cut to susan and susan's no longer in the film she's gone in the picture yeah, yeah she's she's gone so this is in his mind because he even says whenever um what vanessa hudgens my yeah uh, I, uh, I forgot her character name but, Whenever uh, she starts yeah. singing, he's like, I don't see her, I see Susan. And the mm -hmm. song is... Because he has this like premonition when he's um, swimming. And I thought that was such a cool scene. I love that scene. Yeah. <laughs> that was such a great... But, and, uh, and yeah, so like, this is the second act to his play. But it really almost feels like the end of the movie, right? And then... Yeah. And then the movie keeps going, and then you get the other twist where it's like, okay, the roommate is HIV positive. He kind of hints at it earlier during the rising action when everyone was getting upset with each other. Um, and so I was like, all right, well, this guy's, you know, he goes, well, he goes, I might not have that much time left, and he storms off into the streets of New York. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, okay, he's gonna die, uh, or he's he's gonna be sick because everyone else has been sick, and they're foreshadowing death a lot. Uh, and, but what, yeah, so like that, that, that's the supporting cast as in Susan was great and everyone else was good. Like, uh, Rosa or Rose, the, the producer, the Rosa, agent, the, the agent, yeah. this, the dude that's just showing on screen, the producer or the, the critic. Um, and then the, the friends at the diner, the friends at the party, uh, that one dude at the party that I guess hates musicals, he, he was, I guess he was... I love Scott. <laughs> Scott? I love that character. Because I, 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 <laughs> I, I don't even know, like, I don't know how to describe my feeling towards that character. I know that guy, I have made fun of that guy, I have sympathized and, like, heart-to-hearted with that guy. Not, not in real life, but just, like, guys like that. Yeah, no, well, like, tell me, tell me about Scott. Tell me about the Scots in your life. No, just like people who like they want to know about like they are so far removed 
from the sh- the the life that you know. Yeah, I guess. They're but they're so fascinated by it, and they're so it's intrigue. It's like it, it's like you woke up one day and your life, everything about it, all of your interests, everything you like, everything you're into, was suddenly trending, but no one had ever heard about it. And suddenly, all of these people come to you, and they're like, "Like, oh wow! Like you, like you. So, like D and D. I've heard about that. Like, so, so. Oh, th- how many dice? There's like seven dice. There's ten dice. What? What? Like, it, it's it, it's just funny because like you can have this like conversation with somebody who you know has zero experience with what you're talking about, but they're just so fascinated by it. You know, like like he literally tells the guy like. Like, like when Scott's like, so what do you do? And he's like, I'm the future of musical theater. <laughs> and like, he laughs at that. He's like, that guy's funny, you know, but he's at the show at the end and he's kind of digging it. Yeah. Like dur- during the, the final number, like you see him in the audience, which I, I love that callback. Cause like, again, like having known the show, um, I was like, like the, I was looking forward to the last song. I was like, oh my God, like as soon as we get to louder than words, I'm going to fucking lose it. I'm going to cry. I love this song so much. And like I was like feeling it out and like headbanging the whole time, and then Scott shows up, and I was like, "God damn it, <laughs> Scott, ru- ruining my vibe and shit." But uh, yeah, dude, and it, it, it's just fascinating. Like you run into somebody who doesn't know anything about your thing, your your special private thing, and suddenly you just like spill your guts to them. You know, it's a it's a it's a fun conversation to have. It it really is. It, it's one of the it's it's one of them good ones. Did you did you have any issues with the film? I know we both have a biased opinion of the film, but did you have anything that uh, you you nitpick? I I mean I I nitpick like tiny 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 little things. Um, as I said earlier, this is like in my top three of the year. It, it 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 honestly like it it might be it, it's in that weird space you know how like we talk about there's a difference between what you think is the best versus your favorite oh yeah you know yeah so like right now i would say that shang chi is my favorite movie of the year this is my best movie of the year i think it got correct me if i'm wrong but um i think i saw like rotten tomatoes no i don't know if this means anything coming from Rotten tomatoes yeah. but they like gave it the best musical uh picture of oh, the nice. year. I mean it you would think that giving something the best musical movie of the year is like, oh well because it was the only one, right? Uh this is a big year for movie musicals. because uh, we had In the Heights earlier and then uh just a couple months ago we had Dear Evan Hansen and as we alluded to earlier, uh in December we got West Side Story. So mus- musicals are having a big ass comeback this year. Yeah, so, they've been they've been doing good. That actually means something in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, yeah, I've been, I've I, I've never been against musicals, so I'm glad that they're coming back. Um, I know they were super popular at one time, and then they kind of like faded away, and mm-hmm. now they're now they're sort of sort of on the come up i'm glad that we have people that are passionate that are are still pushing it um speaking of which you mentioned this earlier i want to touch back on it you talked about how this musical 
is kind of different from other musicals. And you, you explained it on a little bit. Could you go a little more in depth on that for us? You've seen more than me. I've seen like The Sound of Music, Hairspray. Those are the ones that I can confidently like <laughs> say that I've seen. <laughs> uh, I've, I've seen Hamilton-ishly. I was cleaning my apartment while it was playing in the background. Uh, <laughs> and... But I like I do have to agree with you. This one does run differently. I was intrigued that, um, like my one of my favorite parts in the movie is whenever they're celebrating Susan's like dance recital or, or her 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 gig, and he just <clears throat> starts like doing a beat on the back of his friend, and it's it's a very like yeah boho days. It's a musical like they're doing a musical number. But the people, it's like a, it's a meta musical. It's like breaking it, it, the fourth wall like, musical. It, it's akin to like if you and your friends just broke out into like karaoke spontaneously. Yes. And that's what they did. And I was like, that was so cool. I love that. And then you have your other moments where it's like, okay, it's a musical like he, out here when he's out on the piano, uh, sing, you know, singing about his friend. Uh, that that's a very like musical moment, but yeah. To, what, what, how is this different from other musicals? What what makes this one um, shine? It's different in the sense that, so typically with um, traditional musicals, you have a story with with characters. Imagine any movie you've ever seen, any book you've ever read. It's just that the characters break out into song. Instead of just talking to one another, they start singing to one another to establish uh, this is my inner turmoil or this is my desire or um, this is my nemesis and I shall vanquish thee. You know, whatever the conflict happens to be. Where this is different is imagine the person who wrote the musical. Like, like instead of seeing the musical on stage... Instead, you have the person who wrote the musical step out and say, okay, let me tell you about, let, let me tell you a little story. And it just so happens that the musical is about his life. He wrote a bunch of songs about his girlfriend and his friends and his struggles to write the musical that you are now watching the process of. You know, like, like we were sort of joking about earlier, it's very Inception. Um, yeah. So, uh to kind of put it into into your terms, it's like instead of watching, uh, in, instead of you saying, "Hey guys, tune into Roll to Start every Friday," and people just listened and watched us play D anD D, it was just you going. So, we open on a tavern, and there, dimly lit from the moonlight, shining. It's just you telling people what happened. Okay, okay, okay. So it's it's kind of like it, and you know, it's it's a way of, uh, you know, it's it's it's. Uh, I guess another way to describe it. Now, now my mind is racing. Uh, another way to describe it is you're watching a stand-up comedian, but and and they're telling you their life story, but instead of jokes, it's songs. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I like uh, that. Something like that. I like that. I, I, I dig that. Um, <clears throat> what were there any other were there any other things that you wanted to bring up about this? 
Oh, sorry, I cut out a little bit. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> uh, no, the I guess the the one thing I would bring up just for context, because uh, uh, it's something that you mentioned. So the whole plot line of his friend Michael being HIV positive. Yeah. Um, I, I guess just for context, we should address the fact that this movie is set in 1990, which is the height of the AIDS epidemic in the United States. Okay. Which was a, a big part um, of Jonathan's real life. Um, as he mentions in the movie, he had a lot of friends that died from AIDS. Yeah. And historically at that time, it was this thing that, I mean, now, you know, a lot of advancements have been made in medicine um, and people are able to live with HIV and AIDS for, you know, they're able to live long, fruitful lives. But at the time, it was a death sentence. Like if you if you were if you tested HIV positive, if you got AIDS, like you were dead within a year. That's and crazy. The other big thing that was happening politically is that gay men specifically were being targeted. Yeah. That the belief was this is a disease that only exists between gay men. Of course, you know, this also ties into homophobia and the 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 fact that, you know, the LGB or, or even at that time like the LG community um, was I don't know the right word I'm looking for but like the, the notion that someone was gay was still a foreign idea like it was still like you know you, your friend could come out to you and you would be like what are you talking about yeah you know yeah yeah um, I mean I, I feel like which, which I, I guess just to, to tie it into how it's presented in the film is like I think it's presented because contextually it is a huge part of Jonathan's life, but it's, uh, I, 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 I do feel like it feels shoehorned in, Yeah. but that's kind of the nature of the beast in a way, if that makes sense, because it's not the crux of the movie. It, it, it's not the plot. The movie is not about the AIDS epidemic, but that was a part of his life. So inherently it needs to be part of the story somewhere you know mm -hmm. yeah yeah and and i felt the same way i felt the same way and that's that's a good point we got a hydrate in chat that i'm gonna hit <laughs> real quick uh and hit that hydrate hit that hydrate stay hydrated the feel <sighs> there's i mean the musical numbers themselves were very emotional um i like that we got to see like a sneak peek of of his um futuristic dystopian a uh, part of me was like man i almost yeah. <laughs> i almost i almost kind of want to see that like i want to go find that one like they should make that but... yeah because because that was the other thing that really resonated with me because like, like when you listen to it, you know, I mean, fuck me, like just exactly what you just said. Like, I want to see that because it's clear the guy is talented, right? Like m musically, like, like if, like listening to that one little piece of it, we get to hear, it's like, clearly the guy knows how to write music. He He's a genius, but we're talking about like, robots going to vanity awards like <laughs> yeah what is this it's and, like and that's so and that's the other thing that like really resonated with me about this movie is like 
bro, you can write the best, like, like talking about music, like you can write the best melody in the world, and like, dude, that beat fucking slaps. But if it's not about anything, get the fuck out of here. I think you know? um, it, it's uh, John Lennon might say otherwise. <laughs> you, you got that reference? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exception, not yeah. the rule. Exception. Not the... No, Caitlin. Caitlin's such a huge Beatles fan, and we're watching that uh, Beatles documentary on Disney Plus. So I just, I, I, I can't. Oh, don't, yeah. don't, don't test me on any other music knowledge. That's all I know. That's all I know. <laughs> I know what Jim John Lennon said once. I don't. I don't know a thing. <laughs> For all I know, it could have been Paul McCartney. I just like referenced yeah. the wrong Beatle. Uh, yeah. The here's the thing. Okay, so Rent. You mm-hmm. told me a couple podcasts ago that Rent was. Is like you you like the musical like you're a huge fan of the musical and you t- and I this these words were ringing in my head whenever I was watching this uh, you told me how Rent kind of changed musicals and how it brought like this different uh, synthesized punk weird like stuff to musicals that hadn't been done traditionally and allowed open the doors for other things open the doors for Hamilton essentially like now we have now we have yeah. raps we have epic poems of musicals now and uh do you think it was it was better that they did it off a of tick tick boom rather than using rent cuz it almost se- I haven't seen rent but rent almost seems mm-hmm. exactly like it was definitely inspired or, or off of Tick, Tick, Boom or off of, like, his life, obviously, right? Cause... Well, so so Rent, so Tick, Tick, Boom, like, now I'm not talking about the Netflix movie that we're talking about. I'm talking about the show that Jonathan Larson did yeah. in 1990. Tick, Tick, Boom is basically literally what you see in the film. It's like, hi, my name is Jonathan Larson. I'm going to tell you about my life for the next 90 minutes to two hours or whatever. Yeah. And he just sings songs about his life. And Rent was the evolution to that. Uh, quick tangent. That is another thing that I think is a slight criticism about the film is like that a- like that aspect of it of like, hey, Jonathan Larson went on to do Rent. And, it was, and, and it's like, if you aren't steeped in Rent or in Jonathan Larson, that doesn't really mean anything to you, I don't think. Well, but like if if you don't know the cultural phenomenon that Rent was, and you don't know how it changed musical theater forever, other than you know the voiceover saying like, and after Tick Tick Boom, he did Rent, and it was great. Like it doesn't that moment doesn't really land unless you're like steeped in musical theater. I don't think. Can I? I'm gonna I'm gonna give a juxtaposition. Yeah. Um. My first one isn't that strong because I'm using my own personal life, so it's not really a good uh, counterpoint. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, like, I've never seen it, nor but I knew of it just growing up. It would be on, like, VHS tapes, like trailers for Rent would be on just mm-hmm. Disney VHS tapes. And 
um, I was like, oh, this is a thing. One of these days, when I'm an adult, I'm going to watch this. I remember thinking that as a kid. Like, <laughs> like this is something I'll yeah. watch when I'm older. Uh, never did. Just, just And so, and then my other thing is, so I feel like it's popular enough that people know of it. But my other mm-hmm. thing, you are right. I had no idea that it was so important to to the music industry or the, the musical industry. And... Uh, my second one is maybe like you know we live in a world where unfortunately for Ridley Scott everyone has a cell phone and <laughs> such a jackass <laughs> and so um everyone has a cell phone so like maybe if they mention rent people will google it right they want to google up uh, uh Jonathan and they want to see like what he was about and they're like what's this rent thing that they're talking about and um they're like, oh yeah, I I, I pay that. I, I what what did he do? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's just my thought. Maybe maybe that's what they were trying to go with it. But I do agree with you. Like, if it wasn't for you informing me about that, I would have gone into this just like blind. I would have been like, okay, the dude made rent. Like that means nothing to me. <laughs> yeah. So you are which is kind I, of unfortunate. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So. uh Oh, go ahead. Because because you said you liked the musical, but you didn't like the film. Yes, uh, because the so the musical Rent to to answer your your earlier question is it, it's a lot of things. It's an adaptation. It's it it so it. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do I answer the question without talking for another hour? Um. So he. It, it went up in 1996, so that's the time that we're in. Yeah. Okay. So it was the mid to late 90s adaptation of an old opera called La Boheme, which is French for something Boheme. Boheme meaning Bohemia. Bohemia. Um, and Bohemia is this sort of like starving artist lifestyle. Um, okay. Bohemia can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people, but but kind of going to the the boho song in Tick Tick Boom when he's like tapping and the the song that they do in the apartment. This is the life, bo 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 bo. Yeah, like they're talking about living a bohemian lifestyle, which is like living for your art, living for your fashion, your creativity. You don't care, like paying bills. Who cares? I'm an artist. It, it's it's that sort of frivolous, starving artist kind of lifestyle. And Rent was just a musical, like it's a rock opera about people living that lifestyle. You have one guy who's a filmmaker, so he just runs around New York City with a 16 millimeter camera. Uh, You have another guy who's a musician. He's like, he's gonna write the next great rock song. You have one person who uh, uh, played by Idina Menzel, who would later go on to be fucking Elsa in Frozen, but this is like her big breakout role, who's a performance artist. She does weird song and dance shit on the street, you know? So it's just people living this, like we're starving, we're hungry, we're cold and we're freezing because we can't even afford to like pay our power bill or pay our heating bill. Like, but it's worth it because we're artists and that's all we need is art. Okay. Um, And that's kind of what Rent was. The thing that I didn't like about the music or, or the movie when it came out. First of all, I, I was super excited about the movie. They got the original cast back. 
even though it was like 15 years removed and it was kind of weird because they're like in their 40s now playing <laughs> people in their 20s but okay. that's the same point but the thing about the movie is that it, it, and i'll be honest there are parts of it that i do like where i'm like fucking a that number they got right or that moment they got right da, da, da. it's just hollywood it's it's like when you watch tick tick boom they're in new york yeah straight up yeah when you watch rent the movie it's a soundstage or, or like it's a set of new york that they built in a soundstage warehouse in la and i'm like i can just it's like like you look at the the apartment set in tick tick boom like jonathan's apartment yeah i don't want to fucking live there <laughs> because it looks like an actual new york apartment <laughs> i mean i i want to live there because i i still i'm nostalgic about you know that lifestyle of like i don't give like i'm starving for my art whatever but like in the movie version of rent it's just so immaculately designed and it's like so big and open it's like this loft that the two guys live in it's... and the reason it's a loft is so that you can do cool like dolly movements and, oh, and crane shots and all yeah, this kind of yeah. stuff and i'm like but that's not and kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier with at, like adaptations it's like that's that's a movie that i could point at and be like okay that's where you miss the mark like the point of rent is it's supposed to be dirty and grungy and DIY. And that's what I really liked about Tick Tick Boom is that, you know, there are moments in Tick Tick Boom that are slick. Like the whole Sunday uh, number, the one in the diner. Like that's a big musical number. Like he literally like stops and like he, he does his hand and like all the walls come down and it's like this big, it's clearly a CGI background with like the way the, the um, shit, what are they called with the, the sun rays, not sun rays, lens flares. Fuck me. There's like <laughs> lens flares and the sun is just right. And it's just like big thing. And, da, da, da. and that's fine because that's a fantasy that John is experiencing in his head. Yeah. But then you have a sequence like No More, where he and Michael are talking about like, the, the like no more, like we're done with our shitty apartment, like no more uh, dealing with a heater that might explode while you're sleeping. It's like no more having to walk up 30 flights of stairs with 800 pounds of laundry. Da, da, da. And then it segues to like, hello, my Park Avenue apartment. Like that's kind of, it's just, it's just a camera focused on these two guys in an apartment. Yeah. Like, there's nothing special about the way and it, and like yeah you have like these little like cutaways of like a close-up of him where he's like no more like on one side of the screen you know but it's just editing tricks but there's nothing fancy about what they're doing and that's what i really appreciated about tick tick boom versus the rent musical um i forget what your original question was. no 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 you answered it you answered you're, you're like you're still on it you're answering it like perfectly the uh <laughs> You brought up something that we could, we might be, we might have a whole nother discussion about, but the whole, like when things become Hollywood, Hollywoodified, like movies are too mm -hmm. pretty. Uh, my best example I can give is think back to Harry Potter, right? Mm -hmm. Ooh, maybe this is a bit too creepy, but uh, let, let's try not to be creeps about it. So think about Hermione, Emma, Emma stone watson mm -hmm. 
Uh, Emma Watson is a beautiful actress, right? We see Emma Watson and we think that she is gorgeous. She's cute. She is a, a, a gorgeous human being with a beautiful smile and just a great personality. And she portrays Hermione perfectly. And yeah. whenever we get to like Goblet of Fire, and like she's supposed to have her glow up where she's wearing the dress, and right. Harry looks at her and he he doesn't see a friend. He doesn't see that nerdy girl. He sees. Hermione is like a woman for the first time. We as the audience don't experience that because Emma Watson's already such a pretty person. <laughs> and, and I think like you bring up such a fantastic point of what they did in Rent of kind of also the same thing with Friends. Like they have like the, you know, you watch Friends, the TV show and they live in these huge apartments. Like their apartments are, are bigger yeah. than mine. And I live in Texas. <laughs> like fucking what, what's the joke uh oh my god i forgot his name matt perry on friends uh i, I forgot his character's name matt perry matt perry jo so there's joey and i i don't know oh my god i forgot his name <laughs> Go monica monica rachel ross ross phoebe joey and <laughs> the only thing in my brain is Kramer. I, I didn't want to say that, but I'm saying it out loud just to let you know how. Oh my God, what's his name? Chandler. Chandler. Oh there you go. You had the. Oh my you dude, had... I'm getting old. <laughs> you, you um, the... It's get. It's happening. It's happening. Uh, what, what were we talking about? What were we talking? About? Oh yeah. How they would uh, be broke. What was the joke? Ch Chandler had a job nobody even knew, and Joey is. An actor. A working actor who never gets jobs. Never. But yet they live in that fucking apartment? Like, let alone Monica and Rachel. It's like, okay, Monica's a chef. Yeah. And Rachel... I forget what Rachel does. Isn't she, like, she... in between jobs all the time? She's always in between yeah. jobs. That's easily, like, four grand a month for Monica and Rachel's apartment in New York. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. And they have a bigger place than... Like, they have a Maybe not bigger more. place than where I live, dude. It's, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's huge, and but they do, and it's like, it's like yeah. they do that because I don't know. I because guess you want it to be interesting to look at, right? And like, like that's the 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 point is, I don't think about it. But I think like what this film Which works does... for a sitcom, but not for you know something like Rent, where the point is there's poor and starving, right? Like, and, 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 the, and they, the, they... the reason it's called Rent. <laughs> It's because they can't pay the rent. Like, I mean, that that's not the the whole plot of the, the, the show is about right. so many more things than just that. But that's like the inciting incident is like the landlord who used to be their best friend, who is also a starving artist, has now sold out. And he's married this girl whose father is rich. And now he wants to be an entrepreneur. And he's like, hey, guys, I want to turn our building into a studio. So that means you're going to have to either pay me the rent or get out. Oh my god! So that that's like the, the inciting incident for all of these like things that start, and it's like you know we're not gonna pay rent, you know that that's like the the big. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so it's like, dude, if they can't afford to pay the rent, like, and also like it's it goes beyond the the production design. Like Adam Pascal, who's uh, one of the main actors in the show and in the movie, I love him, I adore him. He's fucking gorgeous. Oh my god. 
but like he always looks gorgeous he's got this like long hair that like perfectly frames his face and it's like bro you don't have running water how are you showering what 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 like how is your hair so perfectly clothed? like you can afford that that garnier fruit t-shirt bullshit anyway <laughs> like yeah you know it, it's I the little it's things it, yeah. excuse me excuse me sorry wow um no it's the little things that uh, but I, like, even even with all this nitpicking, the the best thing about this film is how it makes you feel. The best thing about this film is that it does capture that small apartment. The fact that you don't want to live there. The best thing about this film is that you do get the feeling that all his friends are moving on, and he he's left behind. That it's it's almost like mm. it's almost like his love is a dream. He's never going to reach that reality. And he's the only one that believes in himself. Yeah, there's, they support him. They're there yeah. for him. And they love him. But they're even telling him, like, you know, man. When are you going to stop being broke? When are you going to... Yeah. When are you going to do something? And that's a that's a big reality check moment for him, you know, during the, the therapy scene. When, you know, Susan says to him, like... What happens if the phone doesn't ring in the workshop? What if nothing changes? What if you're still broke? What then? And to to me, the 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 so the the moment where she says, you know, you're trying to make a song out of this, that was the first moment that hit me kind of hard because I was like, oh shit, that that kind of reminds me of some stuff that I went through with past relationships. That that's a little thing. The moment where the fucking anvil dropped in my head dude is the scene right after the workshop um and he's yeah, waiting for the hard. phone to ring this was hard and rosa answers the phone and like you already know the scene i'm talking about mm-hmm. but where she says like and again it's it, it's what we we've already talked about like he is clearly talented yeah. he clearly is a, an amazing artist a genius composer he is musically talented out the ass but the show itself, no one is interested in. Like, like we would like to invest in you, the man, but we don't want to invest in this thing that you created. What, what do you got next? Yeah. And the line, I, I, I changed it a little bit because I didn't want it to apply just to writers. I wanted it to apply to everybody. But when he says, what am I supposed to do now? Her response is, you start the next one. After you finish that one, you start on the next. Yeah, this and hurt. on this and hurt. on. That's what it is to be an artist, honey. Yeah. And she said you do like, it until I... something sticks on the wall. Yeah. And dude, I was I like fucking paused the film for like five minutes. Dude, I felt that so that hard. I felt that so freaking hard. Cause it's like it's something that we all know, but we don't want to come to reality with. We don't want to come to terms exactly. with and when she says it it's just i was just hoping you know it's like you have that lottery and you're ho- like you know you're not going to win but you still you're just like man if this is the one mm-hmm. well but well but, but let me ask you That's this or, or let me let me present you with this so i have i i've written like a, a lot of things not a lot but like like two handfuls I'll say of, mm-hmm. of scripts. Mm-hmm. I don't show any of them 
and it's not because I, I, I the, the fear is not that who I show it to isn't going to like that. The fear is that I don't have anything else. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, like, I, I totally get that. I show somebody, that. like, check this out, and they're like, that's great. What else? I'm going to go, like, shit, that was the one that I picked because it's the best one. Right. <laughs> you know? I Like, I can't write, like, I put everything I had into that one. I don't have, I, I, I don't have anything left. The and tank is empty. That's the soul-crushing moment with him, too, because, like, throughout the entire film, he talks about how he spent eight years of his life Mm-hmm. He spent a good majority of his life on this paper, like on on, on or this paper, this play. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. Oh my gosh, uh, this is like one of the nights where I'm not drinking coffee for the podcast. <laughs> you can tell. Uh, <laughs> so, like, he has nothing else, and that's just. Like the thought, you can immediately see like the thought in his head just be, I have to, I, I can't spend another eight years. I mean, he freaks out. He runs over to his friend. He's like, "Give me a yeah, job. He's I like, quit." Give me the BMW. I want the BMW. I yeah, mind. He's like, "I can't spend another eight years writing this." And yeah, uh, but you know, he is luckily he has a good friend that puts him puts him back on it. And like, I totally relate. I mean, what I'm doing right now. Like, I am just making video after video after video after video, and I'm hoping something sticks. I am sacrificing yeah. sleep and free time and and just, like, so much uh, to, to to make this work. And every once in a while, you know, I, I luckily for me, I'm on the internet, right? I, gosh, imagine doing this in the 90s. <laughs> like... Oh. Oh my there no gosh! Internet. There's no internet. I don't like you. Don't yeah. get the instant feedback. You gotta wait for the phone calls. You gotta wait for people to show up. You gotta. You have to go make flyers to get people out there. I all I have to do is put a hashtag on Twitter. Then that's my flyer. Boom! I've yeah. just like 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 what 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 do you have to do? You spend you spend X amount of money to make uh uh like like a hundred fifty copies. Yeah. Uh, like my last tweet, I, I can look it up right now. My last, my, not my last last tweet, but my one of my recent tweets. Um, if if I see that I sent out, what was it today, or something? Yeah, I got I got like a hundred and twelve impressions for free. Yeah. That's a hundred and twelve people hey, that saw me say something. Have you ever passed out flyers? God no. <laughs> yeah, it uh, it sucks. Yeah. I, I, I remember being 22, like 22, 23, uh, when I was playing in bands, like doing the, the local metal scene, the local punk scene, like whatever we could like find a show for, and having to go to the mall and like, try, not even, no, 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 fuck this, not even passing out flyers, having tickets and trying to get people to buy tickets. Oh no. Cause that's how, I, I don't know, I, like, I, I haven't played in a band in, in like 10 years, but so I don't know how it works now. But uh, when I, like 15 years ago, it was like you would get on a show and you would have to pre-sale tickets, basically. Uh, like you had to pre-sell a certain number of tickets in order to play the show. So, which essentially meant 
if you couldn't sell that number, like if you couldn't sell, like say, let's say the uh, arbitrary number is 20, you gotta sell 20 tickets. If you couldn't do that, then you have to pay a cash equivalent to 20 tickets. Jeez. So we would, like me and my friend, my bandmates would just go to like North Park. We would go to Town East and Mesquite, like all these different malls and just walk and just fucking loiter outside of Sam Goody or FYE or, you know, wherever, and just find people and be like, hey, do, 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 do you like emo? You, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. like, how do you even approach yeah. that? And, and ultimately what I'm getting at is when I played shows, we would just show up to the show with our gear and hand over $200 cash to the promoter. Cause like, you can't do, like nobody cares about local music, you know, in, in the 2010s. Right. Uh, so that was always a fun time, just showing up to a show, Jeez. going like, wow, we are literally paying hundreds of dollars to play this show. It should be the other way around. The other way around. <laughs> the other way around. Right, right. I, I totally get that, dude. Like, I totally get yeah. it. And it ruled, I have those... also sucked. <laughs> What's that? No, I was going to say, like, it ruled. But it also, yeah. like, we, we were playing music, and I wouldn't change any part of it but it sucked at the same yeah. time well, and like that's like I've invested so much money into this um, and it's kind of like what you're saying like you're playing music like I'm playing video games or I'm, I'm playing mm -hmm. I'm talking about movies and that's so fun but then to go like this I'm not gonna lie to you I do not I do not critique this or I do not analyze these episodes. I put these out on the internet and like, that's it. Right. And just see what happens. Right. That's all I do yeah. with this because I feel like this is something like me and you already do. We already just sit and talk about movies for hours and yeah. I'm all, and, and it's it like, there and see if something happens. You know, right. You give me, you gave me the permission that I can record and you're happy to be part of it. But I also know that like, I'm the one with the ambition and you're here to have fun, not to downplay you or anything like that. Uh, not, uh, by the way, I want to give Jeff some credit. I talk to Caitlin about this all the time. Jeff keeps up with this shit. <laughs> Probably, like, <laughs> Jeff is always like, what are we talking about next week? Or I have an idea. Or do you think about this? Or you should watch this. Like, oh, this is going to be a big thing. Did you hear about, like, Jeff is totally invested in this show for you guys. So do not, do not think well, Jeff uh is just here as a as a as a floating voice in the ether <laughs> well I, I i also want to be fully transparent like only because this literally happened on friday uh when we were talking about D D, and i was like yeah like like fizzbin's treasury of dragons like what is that i saw that at the store and like so, so a candle keep mysteries like that like so what i'm saying is you can clearly see like the the pie chart of jeff where like like Mario and I started, you know, working together, whatever that kind of means, like on D and D stuff. But clearly, like, because uh, earlier in the year, like when we were talking about Snyder Cut and WandaVision, and you were like, "I want to do a podcast," and I was like, "Dude, let's do a podcast about WandaVision." <laughs> I have so much to say. Like, like what you want to talk about Snyder Cut? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. And you can see, like, the seesaw is clearly like. It, at first, it was like all we talked about was like D and D. 
critical role and like D&D Dungeons and Dragons I love yeah. this da, da, da. and it's like no 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 dude Let, let's talk about movies let's talk about movie movies shit. <laughs> it, it, and the seesaw is clearly <laughs> like you could do you could draw a line from January 2021 <laughs> to, to, to December January to November 2022 and it, it's basically like completely inversed and like yeah I've totally noticed that and I and I I'm like dude I'm loving it I'm having fun with it like let's stick with it but no, like, this is something that I don't, I'm just like, I'm having fun with it, we're making it, obviously, as you can see from this episode right here, I try new things, I try to do subtle improvements, I try to do things that I think will help the audience, or be happy for the ears, or for the visuals, or that don't give me copyright strikes, <coughs> Warner Brothers, and <laughs> that was a scary day, that was a scary night, <laughs> I got I got a message, I, I got a cease and desist, <laughs> Um, and then the, but, but yeah, but my other stuff, dude, I analyzed the crap out of that. I'm like, I toil mm. over it. I'm like, okay, that worked. This didn't work. I can no, I'm no longer going to try to do that. I'm going to try to do this. Or like, if I increase the quality, that is now the bar. The bar is to hit that, you know, like I can't go below that yeah. bar. It's to stay there and to constantly doing do that high jump hit that bar hit that next part and so it's um i don't know it, it's weird it's kind of annoying but it's great it's annoying because this channel i mean it's gone on longer it's gone on for like a year so i guess that makes sense this channel is doing as good if not better than like my other one <laughs> my other stuff but i'm putting no effort into this <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but my other stuff is more recent and it's caught up to this so that that does have something to say so uh, yeah yeah no this this film I you know I don't know I don't want to I don't want to call myself an artist like I, I feel like I'm creative like I do come up with content I'm a content creator I don't know if I can mm -hmm. call myself an artist just yet but the, i guess that's it, it, I, I feel like that's something that's come up in like the last five or ten years where it's like the the notion of of content as a commodity yeah like which in a way is kind of the separation of like well i don't make movies or paintings or music or whatever so i'm not an artist but i am creative so therefore i'm a creator yeah but like yeah I, I would say like creator is still the same thing so calling yourself a creator is you know being an artist thank you and i will take that inch and make it into a mile now uh i just i don't know man like this film just really hit home for me uh, I, I want to ask you a question. Yeah. Um, which is obviously, you know me, is a leading question because I have thoughts on it, but I want to hear your thoughts first. Okay. Uh, the the whole concept of feeling like you're running out of time. Yeah. Uh, and, and the notion of, you know, Jonathan's big emotional crux in this movie is he is appro like fastly approaching his 30th birthday. Uh -huh. And that's a big milestone to him. And if he doesn't do this before he's 30, 
then that means that he's done. I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are about that, of, of feeling like I have this benchmark and I'm, I'm running out of time, I have to do this thing. Yeah, I related to that uh, a little too closely. I kind of felt, I felt like, like I shouldn't be relating to that. Um, I, this is, this is going to be real personal. Um, I'm 25 years old and, uh, for the longest time growing up, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know what I wanted to be. Uh, my, my dad didn't really encourage my creativity side. This, uh, so he encouraged me to be like into sports and to be an athlete and those kind of things. But my most fond, I spent, I can tell you this, I probably spent, this is ballpark number, this is numbers just to give you, give you an idea. I probably spent a hundred hours in, um, in, uh, liberal arts, doing, doing, doing artsy things in school. Probably about a hundred hours. I probably spent a thousand hours being in sports and being an athlete, uh, and all those other things. My most fondest memories of a child are whenever, like, I was in th- attempting theater or whenever I was doing anything that was art-related. Um, I can barely remember a lot of my sporting activities. Like, those were not milestones in my life. Um, the parts where I felt most challenged... Now, don't don't get me wrong. I do have milestones for doing sports, Right. But mm-hmm. I, I will have to say my most fondest memories are when I was, like, taking part in theater. Uh, with that being said, mm-hmm. I didn't really discover my passion till I was, like, in my 20s. And then I didn't really discover what I really wanted to do till recently. And now I feel like I'm too old. I feel like, I've you know, I see all these other people that started when they were 16, that started when they were 14. Or I see these people that are in, like, their 20s they're 21 they're 22 and it's like i if i take the same amount of time that they took i'm gonna be i'm gonna be like a a 30 35 year old man and that's if this becomes successful doing that right and like like what, what does that even look like like what does that demographic even look like and that really is something i honestly think about like almost daily hmm I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> I, I, I was just, I, I didn't mean to be completely radio silent. That was just no. heavy. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And I, I, I get it. Cause, cause I, I definitely feel that, um, it, it which again, it, it is something that is talked about a lot in this film. Um, first of all, from, from the perspective of, you know, Compare, you know, like you were talking about other streamers, like Jonathan compares himself to, you know, Stephen Sondheim. Like I'm about to turn 30, but Sondheim had his first Broadway had his Broadway debut when he was 27. Yeah, you know, and and it's this like big thing, and you know, or like in the very beginning of the film, he talks about you know the Beatles, you know, and how they were like in their 20s when they were, you dude, know, the Beatles. Holy crap, dude! Like that um, documentary I'm watching is essentially yeah, like right before i guess they break up it's like one of their last performances oh wow and they're completing like this this huge like feat you know they're coming back and doing live performances that they haven't done in forever 
and I'm mm. looking at them, and they're and, you know they're I'm like, oh man, that's cool. Look at these old guys, these legends, and then they start talking about their age. They're like 27 years old. Well, the, and I'm like, yeah, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> well, th- this is why I wanted to bring this up because uh, number three reason why this movie hit me really hard um and and this this one's a little weird this this one's a little existential it's kind of i i don't know how to explain it i don't even know like i'm gonna say some stuff and i don't know what i mean by it but okay follow me i'm here with you so uh the 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 reason the initial reason i brought up the whole running out of time thing is because you know it it, it's touched on in the film but i want to kind of like draw it out a little bit and really analyze it so Jonathan is afraid that he's running out of time because he's constantly comparing himself to his predecessors, you know, um, both in musical theater and just in the general music industry. Like he's about to turn 30. He feels like he's running out of time. And you juxtapose that with his friend Michael, who has just been who, who has just recently found out that he's HIV positive and he is literally running out of time. Okay. Yeah, because, I was thinking you know, about this. Again, as, as we talked about, like in the early '90s, like if you were HIV positive, that was a death sentence. And, and he even says he was like, "I'll, I'll have a year, maybe," you know. Yeah. Um, and it, it's this thing, and, and and this is something that that I kind of you know grapple with it, the notion of being an artist, and like I'm running out of time, I'm running out of time, and it it kind of makes you selfish in a way because there are people out there, you know, you know you know, uh, uh, diseases aside, like there are people who are literally starving and, and impoverished and that's what, who are literally running out of time. Yeah. They're not worried about, oh, I got to write the next great song for me. I have to be the next big thing in musical theater, you know? Um, but the, the tragic irony with Jonathan Larson is that, uh, so oh he, my gosh, this is so sad. He, yeah. So he does, uh, or, or he does the workshop for Superbia. They say we're good luck on the next one. He does Tick Tick Boom, which is this little one man show that he kind of does, and it gets him garners him a little bit of fame. And then he goes on to do Rent, and basically the story goes. Or I, I say that like it's a folk tale. Let me rephrase <laughs> because this, this literally happened. So Rent is a Broadway show, and the morning of or I, I guess the night before um but the morning of the very first performance all of the cast and crew of rent get phone calls from jonathan's family saying that jonathan died in the night and he had an aortic he, he had an aneurysm like a, a blood vessel just popped in his brain essentially and he, and he just dropped dead at 35 and it's it's this thing like like dude and, and and again you know we talk about the brand of this show i'm gonna focus this on you because it's just you and me talking like I'm, I'm gonna make this about you okay but imagine if fucking matt mercer calls you oh, tomorrow and says hey and, and 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 i'm about to make matt mercer sound really big-headed but <laughs> this is this is this is the analogy <laughs> that'll work for you if matt mercer rings you up and he says hey dude so we want to do a spinoff for Critical Role. No. Um, essentially, j- just to kind of like 
give you an idea. So if we are Star Wars, we want you to be our Mandalorian. <laughs> Shit. And imagine if you, you like, and, and everything's great, you move out to LA, they give you this state-of-the-art studio, lights, you have a meeting with artistic directors and production designers. You build this whole set. All of these craftsmen and, and construction people come in. They build this crazy set with all these screens and everything. You get to, you, you get your pick of the litter. Uh, so you, you, you bring some of your friends from your campaign. They relocate to LA and you bring in some voice actors, some professional people you've wanted to work with all along. And you get this whole thing together. And the night before your first stream, a blood vessel pops in your brain and you drop dead. That's essentially what happened to, to Jonathan Larson. That's like, also, Ezio, if you're listening, if, if my guess here, go ahead, clip that. Clip, clip that right there. Because that's... <sighs> Dude, and, like, and whenever, reason... whenever I learned about that, because I, I was like, because in the beginning of the film, they said that he died. And I was like, yeah. okay. I did not know. I don't mean this in a bad. I don't. I'm not trying to be creative here. I don't mean. I'm not trying to be like a jerk or anything. I just didn't know how poetic his death was, and it, it hurt. Yeah, it, it's it's fucking crazy, dude. It hurt. Like, like I, I I've known that story for like 25 years, but like even now, like I'm like, d d that doesn't happen. No. The, the day before. Like you, like imagine you go through the whole process of like building he... the sets and casting everybody and rehearsing and costume design and, and dress rehearsal and getting the lighting cues right and all the sound cues and working with the musicians and the the and all this stuff the day before, my dude. Like he made it, dude. He didn't even get to no, see it, it, the success yeah. it became, but he made it, and, and at yeah. least he. Again, I'm not trying to like downplay it or anything, but at the very least, he died knowing he made it. You know? Yeah, and 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 you know, like obviously, it was technically a dress rehearsal. It wasn't a perform, but he got to see it. Yeah, he got to see the show, and and so there is like the the kind of bittersweet silver lining to that. He just never got. <laughs> He never got rewarded for all his work, dude. And I, and I guess well, in a way he did, but he never got to see his well, legacy. But that's, but that's the part that like fucks with me now is you, you know, and talking about the the notion of like running out of time is I had a fucking epiphany with this movie. Yeah. Because I right now am the age that Jonathan was when he died. And, and again, I'm not, I'm not trying to put that out there as like some crazy omen, like, oh my god, like, Mario, say what you want to say to Jeff, because he's about to drop dead. No, 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 no I'm, not, I'm not doing that. Yeah. But it's like, I, I had this like weird space-time continuum disruption happen in my brain when they said that in the movie, like, he was 35 when he died. I was like, holy fuck. Because, to me the 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 world doesn't make sense all of a sudden because i'm like okay i'm 35 jonathan larson was 35 when he died but jonathan larson has been in my life for 20 plus years yeah Th that that does and, and suddenly i'm i'm having this like like I, i'm pushing back against reality like i don't accept reality because i'm like there should be more 
Yeah. And it, it's weird because, like, you know, fucking Heath Ledger, you know, passed away tragically young. And, like, oh, my God, the fucking performances that we could have had, the art that he could have created. But, you know, it, as much as I love Heath Ledger and as much as, like, he was part of my childhood with, like, fucking 10 Things I Hate About You and shit, like, it didn't hit the same as when I think about Jonathan Larson. And the reason for that, and, and I'm about to, like, have a fucking existential like epiphany moment with you right now jonathan larson is the way is the reason i am the way that i am with what i like yeah because you know part of what we were talking about earlier the the notion of like he he creates this show and people don't know what it is like is it rock is it pop is it musical theater you know, and, and when you look at Rent, it's all of those things. It's rock, it's pop, there's a gospel number, there's a tango sequence. Uh, uh, the therapy song, which we brought up multiple times, like the therapy song is a bluegrass hoedown for fuck's sake. <laughs> and like, I suddenly, like I'm, I'm thinking back on, like I'm literally like in my room, like trying to go to sleep after I've watched the movie. And I'm thinking and I'm like, I think this is why I like all the things yeah in life and this is why i embrace like you can be serious you know because the 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 guy in the workshop even says uh is it social commentary or is it science fiction and i'm like i i thought all science fiction was social commentary <laughs> like, you know like, like what are you talking about bro <laughs> like, like what I, I, huh uh, and i'm i'm suddenly having this realization of like oh my god like there was so much more like that th there was so much more there just absolutely was so much more and then to take it to another level which th this is a little bit of a tangent but i think you will appreciate this again as a creative person as an artist you look at someone like lin-manuel miranda the guy who directed this movie where um i i know that he is primarily known for hamilton but yeah. for a moment forget hamilton he was also in his darkest materials, which that too, that too. So Lin Manuel Miranda is a guy who, when he is seventeen years old, growing up in New York, goes to see Rent for his seventeenth birthday. Okay. okay, and that changes his life because he has grown up at, on musical theater, but in his mind, it's all like. Camelot and and Les Miser and, and Les Mis and, and and Phantom of the Opera and all these kind of fantastical things. Yeah. But when he sees Rent, which is about starving artists dealing with the AIDS crisis at the like nearing the the turn of the millennium, he suddenly realizes, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You can do musicals about your life, like, like just <laughs> the shit that's happening around you. And that's when he starts writing In the Heights, which for all intents and purposes is just a show about him running a bodega with his cousin in Washington Heights, New York. And it's literally just him writing raps and and songs about the people that he grew up with, the the ladies that run the hair salon, you know, the the people who run the taxi dispatch, you know, on, on, on this block, you know. It's just him writing songs about people that he grew up with in New York. And, and so follow me here for, for just a second. Yeah. In the Heights goes on, like, same way that Rent did with rock music. Like, it was a rock opera. 
in the heights is a hip hop era if you will a hip hop era hip hop era I, I, I said it <laughs> And, and he, he, like the same way that Jonathan Larson revolutionized Broadway with rock and roll, Lin-Manuel Miranda revolutionized Broadway with hip hop. And Motherfucker goes on to, like the, the show does gangbusters. It runs for like eight years straight. The, he, he gets nominated for 13 Tony Awards, wins best music and lyrics, which goes directly to him because he wrote all the music and wrote all the lyrics. And the show in, in its entirety wins Best Musical. So, and, and Lynn is even quoted, like there's this amazing PBS documentary about In the Heights, which if you're just interested in like behind the scenes and you like watching people make stuff, I totally recommend this. Uh, he even says in this documentary, okay, so the show will run for as long as it runs and eventually I'll go. And what he means by that is, like, cool. I achieved everything I ever wanted to achieve. All of my dreams came true. <laughs> and I'm gonna, like, go be a teacher or I'll go, you know, get a day job. Like, whatever. Like, I, I did the thing. That's beautiful. And then, no, 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 but, but, but follow me here. And then six years later, fucking Hamilton happens. Like, think about that, dude. Think, th think about this. You achieve everything you've ever wanted to achieve. There's nothing left. All of your dreams came true. Every single one of your creative dreams, your artistic dreams came true. You are done. Every box is checked. And then you become a worldwide phenomenon. Then you perform at the White House in front of the President and the First Lady. Then you win a Pulitzer. Then people are performing your shit in foreign countries like that's crazy lightning struck twice and 20 times as hard you know what i'm saying yeah yeah and that. like it, it it's like 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 again synergy there's no better person to and this is my segue into bringing it back to the movie that we're talking about there's no better person to direct this movie because he fucking gets it like he he is the embody and and I, and I don't and, and he has I have not seen him say this mm -hmm. uh, or, or say as much in an interview, but in my opinion he's the perfect embody he's the perfect person to direct this movie because he is the embodiment of what Jonathan Larson might have become. Because like we, we saw Rent and it was yeah. like fucking amazing, but at the same time there is a little bit of a disconnect to it because it is so indicative of that pre-millennium, everything's about to change. And and it, it's we're left with, because of the tragedy, we're left with this lingering question of what might have been. And it could have been really fucking cool, dude. You know, it, it's, it's, the, it's the Chris Pratt meme that you and I always talk about with D&D. &D. Like, he was probably going to do some cool shit. Yeah. Well, he probably... I know the Chris Pratt meme is, is weird, but I said cool just to make it sound the, a the, more refined. Was it the sub Suburbia? What's his... Superbia, yeah. Superbia. Yeah, yeah. He probably would have made that a real thing. Like, I mean, it it sounds like today. Yeah. Like the way that he describes it in the movie of, like, people looking at their phones and they're becoming celebrity, you know, or whatever he says. And it's like, that just sounds like social media. Yeah. He... <laughs> <laughs> He, you know, he would have just made it today. Maybe modernized it a little bit, but I feel like he would have done that, and he probably would have come up with a lot more other things as well, and yeah, changed so so much, so much than what we know. Mm -hmm. 
it's <sighs> yeah it was a great movie if you if you haven't been convinced <laughs> already to go watch it go go give it a watch uh, if you're not into musicals Watching you've anyway. tried musicals in the past um you know i will go out on a, on a limb and say like go watch this anyways because this is a musical but it's a musical that like it it it, it keeps it it keeps it grounded everything stays grounded mm-hmm. uh it's a good film it's a good film i would recommend it to people Holy shish kebab. I'm going to yawn myself. <laughs> wrap this up, it oh, sounds like geez, it. Louise. Uh, I put out an Arcane review. Uh-huh. I fucking loved that show, Jeff. I need to I need to get into it. I know. It's it's oh, it's my next thing. It's you, just a matter you know, of like I'm gonna say something taking a deep breath and, and, and setting sail. I'm gonna say something to you. I'm gonna use very specific words, okay? Uh-oh. It's not an insult. Just at the look into it. And okay. Like, I love it. I, 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 I like. Okay. <laughs> holy crap! I did not think I was gonna love it that much, but I did. <laughs> okay. Uh, the yeah. reason. The reason I say look into it is because I know like uh you you can you can pick up on things without having to watch stuff, so if at but, the very like, least you look into it and, and you Like meaning look into the game League of Legends? No 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 arcade arcade. That's it. Like okay. do do the voodoo that you do <laughs> and uh, So what you're saying is watch the show but then do all of the like No 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 I'm saying or- I'm saying at the very least, like, do that thing that you do where, like, you don't watch the show, but you can still talk about it. Oh, I can watch it. I got Netflix. Okay. Okay, then watch it. <laughs> Dude, we're talking uh, about Tech Tech Boom. That was on Netflix. That's right. I didn't even think about that. I didn't put two and two together. I just... But my, my thing is, I, I subscribe to one for, like, a time, and I soak up as much as I possibly can, and then I cancel, and then I go to the next one. But... There are certain things that I just like. Basically, it, it it really just comes down to like all the Marvel stuff. That like, well, people are going to be talking about this. I got to yeah. be up to date on that. Don't. Yeah. But, but I'm, I'm 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 holding back on Hawkeye. I've not watched Hawkeye yet because I, I want to see if I can binge everything from Netflix and then switch over to Disney Plus. And that'd be interesting. Start soaking up that shit. Yeah, you'll be able to so be able to soak up a lot. The um. No, but I wouldn't be offended. Anyways, I would I would be like. Just, just to hear what you think or what you've gathered, but oh my god, like that, like there's not a lot of things that I just push people. Like I don't even push people to watch Star Wars, but Arcane, whole like just go, just, just like watch it. I know this is a, a, an episode about Tick Tick Boom. Like go watch Tick Tick Boom. <laughs> tick Tick Boom is really good and emotional. A quarter of it was about Spider Man, so. <laughs> We, that one got away from us. <laughs> Dude, yeah, we were like, all right, there's our 10-minute spoiler-free review, so we're going to talk about <laughs> remakes and Spider-Man for the next half hour. <laughs> we did, yeah, we spoke about that. <laughs> that was fantastic. Oh, man. Yeah, any last, any any other any other 
things you want to put in, Jeff? Uh, about Tick Tick Boom, no, but I can do another 45 minutes on other stuff. On Spider-Man? Let's do it. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, well, let me see. Because, uh, again, as I said, this is the only one that I actually took notes on because I was like, uh, yeah. Dude, you brought up Let's some see. fantastic points. You brought up all the things. Because I watched it today because I was actually off of work today. Uh-huh. So I woke oh, up nice. and I watched it like first thing. I had my breakfast. I was eating breakfast while watching it. And it was, so it's like fresh in my brain. I think we, we hit most of it. A lot of it is just like little tiny details. Like the, that's one, 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 cause so one of my things is like, I feel like the movie is like maybe 10 minutes. Like if we're talking about kind of little nitpicky stuff, I feel like it could shave like 10 minutes, but I don't know where that 10 minutes is. And there's a scene cause I watched it on friday okay yeah i watched it friday night and then i watched it again uh right when i got home from work today because i wanted to like refresh and obviously uh take notes as i was watching it so there's a scene that sticks out to me that i was like okay this is a scene that they probably could have cut but at the same time it speaks to me on such a big level that i'm like nah fuck it leave that leave that scene in and it's the scene where he's sitting in front of his computer and he just has the word your, like Y-O-U apostrophe R-E, and he's just yeah. staring at it, right? And then he hits the backspace three times, so it says you. And then he just kind of stares at it. And then he presses the R, so now it's your, but it's Y-O-U-R. And then he just kind of stares at it. And then he hits backspace apostrophe R-E. Dude, I've been there. <laughs> Like weeks, weeks of my life have been spent in that position where you're just staring at the page and you're just like, all right, all right, all right. What word? And and, and like you're looking, you're looking at like your your script or whatever, and like somebody says a word and you're like, okay, okay. Would that person really use this word? Well, like it. Is that them saying the word, or is that me saying the word? Like, I use that word, but but would they use that word? Ah, shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the, the, the script, it, 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 I wrote it, so it should be indicative of, of me, but it should also be true to the character. But the character came from me, so, oh, okay. Um, um, um. Well, well, what if they use another word? And then you pull out your thesaurus. You know, it, it's that, and then twenty minutes later, you have done nothing, <laughs> nothing. You know, um, and so like that—that's a. Uh, that, anyway, I, I just wanted to talk about that that scene because again, it, it it's that type of movie where I, you know, like we talk about this a lot, where half of my brain is, oh my god, I love it, just enjoying it purely, and half of my brain is looking at it critically and analytically, and that was one of those scenes that I was like. Like when I was watching it again today, the second time, I feel like you could cut that scene for time, just just to kind of make the general flow a little bit better. Like you you get to certain things later on quicker. Yeah. But I like it. Yeah, uh, they... I liked it too. I think. Yeah. No, I got nothing to say. <laughs> uh, the other thing I wanted to throw out, um, I don't know if this will resonate with you, but I just wanted to mention it. Uh, the the Sunday number, which is the song that he does in the diner, when you know everybody's like screaming and yelling, and then it stops. Uh, everybody in that scene 
uh, like, dude, that is the most expensive scene in the movie because all of those people are Broadway legends. Really? Like, a, that is a... So the thing that I love about this movie, so, so that number specifically, uh, like, you got uh, the, the two female leads from Hamilton. You got... It, it, I, I, I can't... They're so magnanimous in how legendary they are that I can't even tell you the credits, but it's like every single person in that sequence is a fucking tight. I didn't know in Broadway. that. And it's, it's literally just Lin-Manuel Miranda going like calling in favors being like, I'm making a movie and this is my, like, this might be my one chance to make a movie. Like they'll, they'll clearly let me make musical theater until the day I die, but this might be my only chance to make a movie. I've got to get this person. I got to get that person. I got to get that person. Da, 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 da. Uh, the other thing that I found hilarious, any crowd scene in the movie is also cameos. What? So the the scene, and, and again, like, this is also what I was saying. This is like uh, a, a Marvel Cinematic the, movie. It kind of is. <laughs> like, uh, and, and this kind of goes hand in hand with the what we were talking about with the whole, like, how they talk about Rent thing. It's like, well, if you're not a musical theater nerd, does this really work? And given the fact that all of these people are essentially playing extras, it's fine. But for example, the scene where he's doing the the class where he like plays his musical and then Stephen Sondheim and the other guy are like giving their critique where the one guy is like, I don't know what it is. And Stephen Sondheim is like, I thought it was pretty good. You know, that whole scene, everybody in that class, like the other students that are sitting in the bleachers yeah, is like everybody who has ever written anything on Broadway. It's like, oh my God, Jeez. there's the hairspray guys. Oh my God, there's Andrew Lloyd Webber. Oh my God, there's Tom Kitt who wrote Next to Normal. You know, it's it's just like every single person. There's no extras in the sense of like, we just brought in random people. Everybody is somebody oh. who has written uh, lyrics or music on Broadway theater in the last like 50 years. You just blew my mind. It's just him calling in favors, essentially, of being like, hey, I'm going to make a movie, and I think it'd be fun if you were in it. It's like, oh my god, there's George Washington. Like, the 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 very last scene, right before the, that shot that, like, uh, dollies in on the door, where yeah. it's like, it's got the advertisement where it's like, tick, tick, boom, tickets, $25, but, like, it's been scratched out with a marker, and it's like, tickets, $10. The guy who walks through the door is the guy who plays George Washington in, Ham in Hamilton. Oh my god. It's Lemon Wills Miranda's like friend from growing up. He was also in In the Heights. Chris Jackson. It like ever like dude. It 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 again like it, it. You know what? You 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 said it perfectly. It's 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 its own cinematic universe. If you go hard, on Hamilton, <laughs> like, like on Lin Manuel Miranda, just look in the background and there's like like dude Eric Voss, the the new rock stars guy. It would take him like five hours to point out all the Easter eggs Jeez. in this movie. That's it. I love. I'm so glad you brought that up. This is exactly why I ask if you have any final points because yeah. that just that made the movie tear up. Um, I don't think. I think I gave Dune. If I were to score this film, this this film this film would have to be like. A, like a on I, I, I ten. It's a ten. I don't care. I'm gonna say ten. What? Yeah. Are I you serious? This, did I give this film a ten? Like, here's my thing. Are you sure you want to do that, Mario? Well, who cares? I, I can always change my mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's me saying some shit. 
<laughs> I'm not passing a law in fucking Washington. What are you talking about? Yeah, like, dude, it's not etched in stone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, here's the thing, though. It's funny because I I rated the movie like a like a four on Letterbox, but after talking about oh, yeah. it, I'm like, no, nah, this movie's this movie's worthy of a five, if not a, like a ten, a five out of five stars nice. is what I meant by that. And yes, there are there I there are you could say that there's a weak supporting cast. You could say that this and that and. Blah, blah, blah. But the love and effort that's in this film is good. It's a very unique musical to my understanding. And from what you've said, who you being someone that's seen a lot of musicals agree. And it tells it not only educates people, but it tells a story that's not new, but it's refreshing. Right. In an Mm -hmm. age where all we see are explosions and video games and cameos of youtubers and streamers which isn't a bad thing (laughs) (laughs) it's nice to see something different it's nice to see something different that is just really good uh and i think i think this film deserves all the praise i also notice it we have um we have a lot easier time when we talk about a film that we don't like than when we talk about a film that we do like because it's like you like the film? Yeah, I like the film. Do you like that part? Yeah, I like that part. things that I liked. Yeah, here are all the things that I like. And then when we talk about a film that we hate, it's like, I hated this scene. Let me tell you why this scene is bad, okay? So this... Yeah. <laughs> Odysseus, in the, in, in the epic poem of Homer, this is why he does this. This film fails at paying an homage to Odysseus. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's interesting because, like, like we have had some 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 uh, gems. I, I can't think of a, a good, but we've had some like gem moments during this conversation. But we've also had some gem moments that aren't really talking about the subject. Yeah, like, like I, I feel like I like a, a big moment was like talking about just Jonathan Larson in general, and exactly. really kind of more like his life when it was like rent as opposed to like the movie and Andrew Garfield's performance, et cetera, et cetera. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That, like, yeah we had a lot of when moments. It's a movie we don't like. It's like, bro, let me go off <laughs> on this one scene. Yeah. And yet here it's like, yeah, that scene, it was cute. They did the thing. I liked it. What do you want me to say? Right. Yeah. What else do you want me to say? It was a good film. Like I, <laughs> they did a good job. I can't. It, it, Cause yeah, we, yeah, yeah. That's a, I'm glad you made that observation, but um, go watch, go watch Tick Tick Boom. It's um, yeah. it's on Netflix. Uh, if you don't know where it's at, it's here, on Netflix. Here it is again. Take that microphone as I punch it. Uh, it's on <laughs> Netflix. Uh, Netflix does it. They're going to there. Uh, go watch it. Uh, like this video. Subscribe for more, and uh, subscribe so you can see more because um, Netflix is going to monetize this video. So just. Uh... <laughs> Let us know you're there. Or Tell us in the comments. Demonetize com- it. Uh, yeah, they're gonna demonetize it. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. yeah Netflix, please monetize me. <laughs> yeah, Netflix is gonna <laughs> demonetize. Buttheads. We we like the movie. We, we want people we, to go watch yeah, it. We're telling people to go watch Don't it. Listen Netflix. to us. Go watch it. Go watch I it. I watched it today for a second time. I'm gonna watch it again, probably as soon as we're done talking. If I saw I like this movie so on DVD, I would buy it. I, Not DVD. I want there to Blu-ray. be a, a good package. 4K. 
4K. But they probably won't be because it's on Netflix. Yeah, they, they rarely. Don't... I mean, they put out Stranger yeah. Things. But they don't do like special features and stuff. Like all their special features are just on YouTube. Oh, that's lame. And I don't like that. I like things to be packaged yeah, on a physical I want it, thing. I want it all together. I want it. Lynn, make it happen. We got a. Oh, look, there's another topic for a conversation DVDs and what we miss about them. Ooh. Do, oh, dude. I. Mm, <laughs> Mario, dude, I, I took some notes in Microsoft Word that were a page long today. If you want to talk about DVDs and what we miss about them, that's a fucking dossier. That's, bro, I'm not kidding. That's how I went to film school. I didn't go to film school. I just watched DVDs and now I know how to make movies. I don't know how to get movies made. I don't know how to get people to give me money, but I know how to make movies. <laughs> I know how to make movies. We're yeah, well, that could be a thing because there, there's something about like owning DVDs, and I'll, I'll tell you, we can go into like our process, my process at the very least, on like why I still buy some. I don't buy them to rewatch them. Like I have all the Star Wars films, obviously, but every time I want to watch Star Wars, I go on Disney Plus. <laughs> I'm not Ooh, even yeah. kidding. <laughs> it's just easier that way. But I, it's like, um, uh, you want to hear about it? You know, we'll talk about it soon. On a future episode. On a future yeah, episode. Yeah. <laughs> Go watch Dude, some, of my, some of my favorite documentaries are making of docs. <laughs> right? Right? I yeah. love, it's a doc within a doc. Yeah. Until next time. Play nice. Oh, that was great. It's fantastic.